Hey folks, uh, because this episode is dropping on the 51st anniversary of Stonewall, uh, this week we want to tell you about the Marsha P. Johnson Institute. We wouldn't be celebrating Pride without Marsha P. Johnson or the Stonewall riots. The Marsha P. Johnson Institute was founded as a black trans-led organization that protects and defends the human rights of black transgender people. They most recently created a national relief fund for black trans people impacted by COVID. Uh, please visit marshap.org to learn more and donate if you are in a position to do so. You can find links in the episode description and on our social accounts at Blank Check Pod for more information. Thank you and enjoy this very silly episode. Blank Check with Griffin and David. Blank Check with Griffin and David. Don't know what to say or to expect All you need to know is that the name of the show is Blank Check Just remember that in every podcast there is hope Well you see, I mean podcast is spelled P-O-D-C-A-S-T So if you take the P and you add it to the H and the O and the E and rearrange the letters Or contrawise, you remove the O and the T and the L You get hope So just remember in every podcast there is hope that's, that's, the, that's the old English spelling of podcast. Yes, it's not true. Right. right. It's just it's, fundamentally not true. Yeah, but it's funny. I thought it was funny, I right? I think it's funny. I can hear off in the distance people rolling in laughter, knees well, being slapped, remembers the ribs line. being tickled. Everyone remembers the line. Um, from Mix Nuts. Mix Nuts. Mix, you gotta mix them up, baby. These what? nuts aren't organized. What, like, what line? What do you mean? What are you talking about? I thought, like, I, I thought we were talking about nuts, right? Um, what? You thought we were talking about a bag of nuts. Yeah, what do you? I thought we were reviewing cashews, ben, Brazil nuts. Then why What's, would we do that? Because this is a podcast about. I just want to say that before we started recording, what? I asked Ben if he'd seen this movie, and he said he had a bit. I guess that was the bit. Well, let me listen. And I, yep, I'm no, confused. Are still I'm laughing. confused. There, the this is a no bits podcast. He said, I've got a bit, and I was like. Okay, <laughs> that was my reaction to that, and uh, it's my reaction to this. The podcast is not about legumes; it's about filmographies. Mm-hmm. What are those filmographies? No legumes. The nuts adjacent. It's a larger categorization. Oh, okay. Directors who have massive success early on in their careers and are given a series of blank checks make whatever crazy passion products they want. Sometimes those checks clear, and sometimes they commit suicide. Maybe sure. <laughs> Not Stephen to make light Wright. of a thing that this movie makes light of constantly. Yeah. Um, this is amazing. That's Stephen Wright. That right? is Stephen yeah, Wright. Yeah, yeah, right. A lot, lot of very interesting people popping up for one 100%, scene in this movie. 100%. Uh, it's a series on the films of Nora Ephron. Mm-hmm. We're recording this episode first. This one's a little early because of a specific guest. Our guest who can talk at any point that he I wants. F- I felt I wasn't supposed to. No, you have I really to. wanted you to. You really need to. But let's say this, and I'm not going to introduce you yet, but let's just say this. We're recording this on the last day you're in New York. Yeah, I'm very hungover. I might throw up at any point during this podcast. That's happened on this podcast. You're busy, man. This was the just one day we and, could uh, get you. I'm going to throw up into the mic. Anyway, not introduced yet. Sorry, I'll go back to no, not it's talking. No, but I want you to, to I want you to weigh in on this, okay? Because this is the first one we're doing out of order in the Nora Ephron filmography. Mm. We always name a mini series after a butchering of one of the the film titles, okay? That that person made. David thinks this mini series should be called 
You've got podcasts. Oh, yeah. I mm, like that, too. Me, too. That's cute. Now, now, here's my alternate pitch. But you have to say it like, you've got podcasts. Well, this is the thing. My, you've got podcasts. My pitch, I think, only works with the line reading. And mm. it's a slight variation. But this is what I think the main series should it be sucks. titled. What he's about to say, by the way, just to set this <clears> up, <throat> is offensive and horrible. Ready? <laughs> wow. I'm ready. I'm scared. Yeah. The thing about shoes is, no, okay, the thing, <laughs> my mini series title suggestion is, <clears throat> you've podcast. Oh, no, I don't like it. It's horrible. <laughs> it's horrible. It, it and I gave that much. thing every chance I could, and I set it up, I thought, really beautifully with a lot of generosity. Of spirit. Yeah, okay, thank you. <laughs> Okay, thank you. No, it's called You've Got Podcast. I guess it's so I funny lose. It's because it's you've just got funny podcast. to think of someone being like, You've got podcast. Yeah. Yeah. And you, one you, idea was wonderful. And then the other idea was. I liked ooh, that God and Pod sound kind of similar. Yeah, but when you just break up Pod and Cast and don't put anything in between them, I think it just sort of, it's like a little too. Cute. I think graphically it would work, but also you can't spell Pothole without. It'd be beautiful. Podcast. It would be beautiful to see. Graphic, it would look graphic, great. Right? <laughs> so make your fan art. If you, you know, want. some things are too beautiful for this world. <laughs> That's like Mix Nuts, which was roundly rejected by everyone. It was ten percent. I I literally hurt my feelings when I looked at the ten percent. I know that the, you know iTunes will. It just has a little Rotten Tomatoes yeah. graphic for you. And I yeah, said it was ten. I was like ten percent. Ten's very That's low. Very low. On, on the Wikipedia, there is a quote from an Irish film critic who said it is truly one of the worst films ever. It's, oh my God. So interesting. it's definitely not. It's, it's not. Definitely it's, so, not. it's not a perfect movie. No, <laughs> no, no not only that, I would argue this movie has issues. I don't think it's among the worst 10% of movies we've ever covered on this podcast. I'd probably yeah. I'd have to take a look, but yeah. And, and I, I was expecting a bigger bounce. Well, okay, so this movie uh, I feel like was reviled and then has had almost no reputation since then yeah and, and when i reached out to office disappeared. yeah it's it's no, just, it right. seems like it would have like some sort of cult comeback right around it, now it was one of those things that was always on the video show like i, I mean, remember anytime the I went to a freaking video store like right. you'd see steve you yeah. see the right the yeah it was a, it's a great poster well, that was yeah, my it's memory a it's a great poster. my memory is major video store kid my entire family loves steve martin right mm. steve martin's like one of the only guys where if a steve martin movie's rated r my parents go you can rent that because they love steve martin so much mm -hmm. it's a remake of a french movie sure my and mother your, your is french, french woman. Right. and i would see that video at the store and they go you're not renting that just because they'd seen it and were like there's nothing be terrible okay yeah. they yeah. hadn't her, even seen it her think, national pride or, yeah mm. she like couldn't believe they had remade it i remember her telling me how the funny the french movie or, was <laughs> no i'm trying to I, I feel like my mother was generally dismissive of any time there was a remake of a French farce. So then there you go. Which we're yeah. going to get into in a second. But the fact that it was also a French farce starring Steve Martin. Yeah. Our family guy. Yeah. He was our Peter Griffin. Right. And it was still like not even worth the time. He's, not even he's for the only, I don't know if we want to just jump in, but like he's the only performance that I wasn't into in the whole Agreed. movie. He's I thought everybody else was like Agreed. tap dancing so well in this yeah, movie. I would and agree and with he's this. like reaching for moments the I also whole way through. I think he's fundamentally miscast. Yes, he's totally. miscast and he, I think, has no idea what he's supposed to be doing. I think not, or, it's yeah. a hard role too. Very hard role. It's and like the movie straight doesn't man really not a straight man. Right, exactly. Where you're, exactly. I gotta exactly. take. I gotta take. I'll get to it. But do you remember Ben's bit? Should we go back to it? Sure. 
pistachios <laughs> were great is it's a whole experiential thing. Well, you, you have to crack the, the nuts open and then you can lick the shell a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, and get some of the salt. Mm-hmm. I like to do that. Sure. The fucking I end. would probably put them in my top five. They'd be in my top five for sure. <laughs> for the only thing with sure. pistachios is like it's either number one or the oh, worst it's my thing you've ever eaten in the world. It's, it's number like, one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I, you, know, you get like, like a weird burn. You get a weird one. You're like, what is this? That is true. I revile walnuts. Walnuts. Just even seeing it, it shakes in my I don't flavor. They're so good. I'm not yeah. huge no. on just a raw walnut. No, yeah. you know, just like they're decorative. They're not for. They're just supposed to be on magazines or something. I don't know what you know my other? Here's my other gripe. Supposed to be like, <laughs> and everyone follow me. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> like a law firm. Like like Nutcrackers are a right, waste. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Of space. Oh, you see, mm. I we used to have a nutcracker with a bunch of nuts in our like living room, mm. and it was just sort of a good way to occupy yourself. Like wow. that was the only thing I liked about. Wait, Ben, it. what's your, I'm, I'm sorry, your argument? Nut family. <laughs> your <laughs> argument for nutcrackers being a waste of space? Are you saying like we should just use a hammer? Your bare hand? No, what's we your take? shouldn't be eating those nuts. He's like, if, oh. if the shell's too hard, why even bother? Exactly, and it's not even that good. Sure. Um, I'll say this about walnuts. I don't know uh, if the two of you, uh, the three of you have the same perception. I feel like very often I'm at a restaurant and like especially they'll be running down the special sometimes off menu item and they're mm. describing a thing that sounds so good and then the last second they throw walnuts, walnuts into the yeah, description right. and it kills my buzz. Uh, right, interesting. Right, right. I don't mind I don't mind them in food. I'll take it. I'll sure. tolerate it. But you're just not into it. But I'm always like oh, perfect, perfect. Per-. They're yeah. like in a reduction walnuts. with a this sauce and then they throw in sliced <laughs> walnuts or roasted all walnuts yeah. or whatever. You see here. Don't put fruit and don't put nuts in my salad. Yeah. Oh, I love a oh, fruit. I love, I love both those things. I don't like I can't. Either I mean, things. I'm fine with it, but I don't love dried fruit in a salad. Yeah, I don't know how you feel about like that. Like, I don't need like raisins. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But like apples in a salad, love so good. Love like an apple, <laughs> like feta, goat cheese, almonds, like, almonds. Yeah, yeah, gets yeah. me. Uh, I, I like a pistachio. And, uh, Pistachios. Yeah. Can we just point out? Uh, I don't know if uh, you folks watched all the way to the very end of this movie, but there are two the end credit songs. The nine endings. The second and final end credit song in this movie is an original. Diddy. Uh, I did not recognize the name of the man who wrote it, but is performed by Dr. John. Nolan's yeah, of legend, Dr. John. Yeah. And it is a song <laughs> called Mixed Nuts in which the chorus is mostly him listing nuts. He's that, like, give me some almonds and some <laughs> cashews. They were just like, the movie's called Mixed Nuts. He's like, I got it. And they're like, well, let's give you the plot. And he's like, I'm, I'm hanging up, guys. <laughs> it's so literal. <laughs> But it also, it feels like a song from Sesame Street where they're like, I don't know, we need a segment where we teach teach kids. kids. So that song is from the the soundtrack of this movie? I've just loved it independently (laughs) for years. (laughs) I had no idea. Our guest today. Uh, Yes, sorry. Probably, I would say up until this point, the number one Mixed Nuts fan worldwide. <laughs> I think that's probably true. But this is your first time revisiting. I'm curious <laughs> yeah, to hear yeah. how it's aged for you. Yeah. But in the way that we saw it, David and I as perennials at the video store and went, huh, and never ever considered it. Mm-hmm. When I reached out to you, I said, we'd love to have you on your show. I gave you a list of a bunch of movies we hadn't booked yet. <laughs> and you went weirdly Mixed Nuts as a movie I watched a lot <laughs> as a child. I was upset. It was my favorite movie at the same time, the Jurassic Park was my favorite movie. It was like I was in your Nick's nuts and Jurassic movie. Park were my favorite. Those movies. do kind of represent your personality. <laughs> it really is two shades. But you of weren't me. saying I need to do mixed nuts. You were saying I'm just gonna throw out there. Weirdly, it was my favorite movie that I watched a lot as a child. And yeah. I went, if you have 
any strong feelings on mixed nuts, yeah, you are now in. forced to be the guest. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And it was this is a healing. Something about this is healing. Like watching sure. it, like the last, I did it in pieces. Like I, I didn't have time to like sit through the whole thing all at once. You I made it into it. a Netflix series. I did. I made yes. into, which honestly, it doesn't not feel like a pilot. hundred percent now. It's it kind of like eviction. Like it's like we're gonna right. lose the. It's like what? Is, and this each a movie. episode like, would be about one of them, yeah. and you or whatever. You know, it would be like a Netflix series. It really does feel yes. like. Yeah. Can I make a prediction? Because this is a. a several months in advance episode reboot 10% chance there's an announced Quibi reboot of Mixed Nuts <laughs> by the time this episode comes out. We're recording end of February. There's a 10% chance. Produced by Griffin Newman. If they're doing swimming, yeah, I'm pitching it tomorrow. Same, same, literally same cast. Yeah. But they're doing like a fucking swimming with sharks reboot. Hey, man. And a How to Lose a Guy People in 10 Days reboot. The That's amount of weird things that are getting rebooted and everything, for yeah. Quibi. Yeah. I'm like, Mixed Nuts could get rebooted. It could, yeah, it could. Mix it up. And it might work. And I mean, look, nuts are kind of quick bites. The Original quick bites. Very you grab true. a handful of nuts. That's true. Are kids watching Quibi? Still hasn't launched. By the time this episode comes out, it will have either uh, uh, supplanted all other media right. or yeah. shut down. I think that's what's going to happen. That's what I'm voting for. Supplanting. Yeah. It's mm. going to be the only thing. It's going to be the only thing. Mm. Look, maybe I by the so. time this episode comes out, we will be a Quibi original. Oh. Quibi be audio, fun. and you'll be listening to this episode in 27 installments. And, and, and you can tilt us. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. Yeah, it's we so can fun. be upright. We can lie down. It's yeah. all good. The, uh, people are oh, constantly complaining yeah. about the lack of like tiltability that. on this Absolutely. show. Absolutely. Do you think anyone <laughs> is going to be watching exactly. Quibi <laughs> in a car crash <laughs> and it's going to like tilt? <laughs> Our guest today just killed a joke that you two morons okay, didn't even okay. hear. You're going to, when you really listen to this episode when it comes out. Uh, months from now, you're going to You're going to laugh so I fucking hard. love it. It was a great joke. He is the creator, co-creator, <sighs> co-showrunner of Search Party. Mm-hmm. That Griffin Newman stars in. <laughs> Number one, one in the started. Yeah. <laughs> Number one. I and do appreciate it. it's original. Now it's being rebooted, but it was back in the day you were in the original cast of Search Party. <laughs> sure. I do appreciate that three seasons later, after my two-episode guest spot, you still have me at the top of the call sheet. <laughs> it means a lot to yeah, me. Yeah, you do, every day. They call you every single we day, do, which yeah. is a little yeah. annoying. They call me every day and go, they're not going to use you yeah, today. Yeah. 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 Stay home. Yeah, but stay. you're on hold. Yeah, uh, just, you know. Just keep your oh my god outside dates. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had outside dates for four years now on search party. Ladies and gentlemen, Charles Rogers here. Hi. Now talking about things banked up far in advance. Mm. We're recording this the day after the rap party for search party season four. Yeah. Season three has not come out not yet. yet. Yeah, that's no. crazy. You it is crazy. Two seasons. Life is crazy. Does that feel incredible or terrible to have Both. two in the can? Okay. Both. No, it feels good to have two in the can. Yeah. It feels weird to have made a four season when no one saw the third and not right. know what people wanted sure. or like. Sure. And, and we've been joking that it just feels like an office job that we're just like, like it's like somebody is just like paying for us. Like we're like a rich kid that's like right. parents are just like, do your thing. And like no one sees it. <laughs> I can't wait for season three, four, uh, four. Yes, of course. Exactly. Kids, we're giving you a two season pickup. <laughs> Not that you have to save them yet, but have they given you dates for each season? Because I know you would like shot three and they were like, we're still figuring out, we're still figuring it out. And yeah. then it became good news, bad news. Right, right, right. It got it got put on hold because of HBO Max. Right. And so they were like, we're going to l- release this the third season on HBO Max. So I was right. like, so we're just waiting for 
for each season. Season three got pushed back. It will back. be almost three years in between. That's crazy. The second and third season. Right, that was That's the insane. thing. Season three release got like pushed Game back because of HBO Max. Is the only Max. other show that does that. <laughs> right, and the, curb your enthusiasm. The benefit <laughs> is you get the fourth season. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, and that's that's good. And yeah. uh, I wish I could really talk about it because it was so hey. fun. I just had so much fun shooting the fourth season. It was really that's nice. awesome. It usually stresses me the fuck out, but this one was nice. You know, uh, you say that, but I will say uh, uh, you. And uh, Sarah Violet, uh, friend of the show, past mm-hmm. guest, uh, past and future guest, um, have uh, run uh, for Tilden, which I was in, and the two episodes of Search Party I was in. Uh, you two come across as the calmest uh, directors I've ever worked with without nice. seeming arrogant. Yeah, that's nice. The I only mean- people I know who are calmer are clearly not giving a shit. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. Well, I I'm getting better at I I really like playing. This is not about me. This podcast, but I really like playing with people, and I really like um having fun and like being lovey to everybody. And I haven't really. It's not until the last two seasons I was able to really like look around and be like, this crew. I want to play with the crew. I was the first two seasons. I was so scared. Let's let's and like tunnel vision. Let's say it. You're a prankster. I'm a prankster. You're a real big prankster. Original prankster. I'm an OP. Yeah. I'm a a practical (laughs) joker. I, I mean, my point is, I mean, as a compliment, I can't even imagine uh, what you're like on set now that you're calm and uh, jokey. Uh, but Four Tilden was a crazy movie to make for almost no money and no yeah, time. Yeah, it was really hard. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it, was tra- it was traumatizing. Right. And Search Party was your like first time doing like a big uh, thing like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I have worked with you in like the two situations where you presumably should have been the most stressed out. Yeah. And you still, you and Sarah Violet still I'm came out hiding. better than I'm almost I worked Which with. is why I'm going to die. Like in a couple weeks, probably because <laughs> you're suppressing it all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you know this is kind of connected to this uh, subject, the movie we're talking about today? Sure. In that it's about phone calls. Do you know that Charles used to do a show at the Magnet Theater here in New York, mm-hmm. where uh, people would hand him their cell phone and pick a contact on the phone? I think mm-hmm. I do know about this. I, show. I think you used to prank calls. Tell me about this show. Prank calls with Charles Rogers. I don't do it anymore. It was. Great, I miss I miss it. But, but they would tell you, and they would be like, "You can call this person." Or I mean, would I would just like pick. I would. People would sign like slips at the beginning of the show where they would like nominate people that they would want to prank, and then I'd go through them on stage and right. they'd be like, "Okay, who said this?" And then I would get their phone, and sometimes I'd be calling from their phone, or sometimes right. I'd use other people's phones. It was fun, but now I left every time feeling guilty because I would take something too far. Sure. Like every time I would like offer someone four hundred thousand dollars, and they'd be like, "That's evil. You can't do yeah. that, Charles." And I would sure. just like. You know, like stage nerves. I'd like just be like, and then I'd be like, oh, I don't know. The, the brilliance of it for me, though, was that. Uh, and then the other thing that was really funny about it was it was in front of a live audience, but the audience couldn't laugh yeah. because the phone was on speaker. It made people act weird. So everyone was like holding <laughs> was, their mouth. People were like squirming. It was like a yeah, weird, like it was that, an interesting though. energy. You're, like you're really Everyone was freaking out silently. Yeah. But the brilliance of it was because like someone hand in a slip because Charles would interview them on stage. When he called them, whether it was on that person's phone or another phone, he would have enough specifics mm-hmm. that the person would be less skeptical about the call. Right. Yeah. So sometimes it was like, I'm pretending that I, not I'm pretending, but Charles would pretend like, 
that that person had lost their phone and he was calling on their phone to try to get in touch yeah, with yeah. them. And I'd be like an old lady that they like take care of and they're like, oh, I didn't know that this person took sure. care of an old lady on Sundays or whatever. <laughs> like, but you would see like people's like acceptance of the bizarre reality would go further because they'd be like, well, they know my first name <laughs> yeah, you know, and they know is, a person I know uh, and they know where I work. This is just nothing brings me more joy. Just hearing you talk it about beautiful. it. We got to prank something by the end of the episode. Do you think? Oh, can we? Yeah, for yeah, sure. All right. Good. Yeah. We're going to do that. Mm. Mm. Fine. We're going to do that. Someone in my Mixed life. Is right, a prank. You Mixed can prank. Is a prank. It's a prank, yeah. it's a prank it's on America. Ben Frank, yeah. A Ben friend. Uh, yeah. can, you, can you tell us about your relationship to this movie? Do you remember how you yes. saw it for the first time? I don't, know when, I don't know when the first time was. I feel like it wasn't in a theater, but it's yeah, a movie that we was briefly in theaters. Yeah, yeah, probably yeah, got I, yeah. pulled. Do you, feel like it was, <laughs> do you feel like it was a rental or a cable thing? I think we owned the VHS. Wow. And I watched it multiple, multiple times. Were you a Steve Martin fan? Or did uh, your family? In so much as like any kid, we gotta have. Yeah, it, no, right? no, 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 yeah. no. For me, it was Madeline Kahn, mm. Leah Schreiber's character. Like, I think that there was some kind of like coming out thing with like the like whatever '90s portrait of sure. gender nonconforming he is supposed mm. to be in the movie. Yes, <laughs> and it is funny. That the movie's like we're not going to ask questions. <laughs> I know, I know. Right. I, I have to admit the, the Arnold scene. I think is a hilarious genius scene. It is so fucking funny. I think it, I watched it over and over and then I took a video of it yesterday. Here, here's the thing with the Leo Schreiber character in this movie. It starts and you go, this is going to be fucking Well, rough. you're just yeah. like, oh, it's 94. This right. is not. Yeah, if yeah, you're yeah, David and I watching yeah. it for the first time, you're like, oh boy. And then mm. there are moments that are handled so much better than you would expect. Yeah, sure. totally. Right. And you can tell he... He brought like in the same way that like Robin Williams and the bird, like, you know, whenever people are like, you can't play gay. And then I'm like, well, but Robin Williams like brought his soul to that. So sure. I He's don't know. I believed it. You know, committed like, and he clearly does not think the character is stupid. No. Yeah. 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 Bringing yeah. A lot of integrity to right. it. And yeah. I was also yeah. like, what is this? Like first performance? It's his single yeah. first right. film. Is it really? Yes. That's insane. And I feel like they partly oh. cast him because he's so tall. And the deep voice. This is insane stat. That's interesting. This is the second Liev Schreiber plays Trans in a comedy. What's the other movie we've covered on this fucking podcast? Right. The other taking Woodstock, taking the Ang Lee film. I forgot about that. Where it feels like both movies that. are doing the same bit, which is like, well, this guy's got such a deep voice. He's so yeah. tall. He's so manly. Yeah. Imagine him in a dress. Yeah. And in both cases, Liev is like, I'm playing this as a real person. Yeah. And in both cases, the movie is like, get a load of this. A right. man dressed as a woman. Like, yeah. like the movie right. sort of thinks that's enough for you to be like, well, I'm on the floor. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I can't yeah, believe but this. But <laughs> to this guy's right. credit. Yes, right, and right. Especially for his first film ever, he is clearly working really hard to be like his pain is real. Yes, or exactly. Her pain is real. I mean, exactly. that's like you don't fucking. They're they're so nebulous about the identity. Yeah. Of Chris. Yes. Sure. There's right. so many things that aren't decided. Wait, who's Chris? Is that the character's name? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> like uh, that you just know. Right, Arnold. Yeah. yeah. Right. Chris. Chris. Because there's so long where I was waiting for like, when are they going to name the character? Is it going to be a female name or right, a male right, name? Right. 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 Or that when they like said Sonya Chris or something. Right. Yeah. Right. It, it, the, or I is just, it Larry? It's so good. Like, I think what I loved about it as a kid was that it was the first time I saw something that had like wacky sketch tone that also was like gl underneath like a seriousness that I was like, oh, this is adult. I was like, this is like what ad adult when adult meets funny. I it, thought. it is yes. very much a sketch comedy movie. Yeah. It, it, every it's scene got is a sketch. The it's, vibe. It's got the aesthetics. And it's also sort of just 
almost relying on like we can get away with this because it's a sketchy movie, right? Like yes. so, yeah. like it's okay right. that it doesn't hang together. We can just like do it, a new scene now. Yeah, right. it's time for a new scene. But it is like that weird thing of I. I feel like there are very few. Uh, like especially 80s 90s 2000s studio dark comedies that i don't at least begrudgingly respect right yeah and i feel like they almost always uh fail yeah like anytime there's a major studio making a black comedy even with big stars or big director it usually is like despised when it came out and like treated as a punchline it's like if you're gonna go dark fake it's like the the tone is fake it's indie or whatever so i'd always sort of been curious about this movie because i was like it's a steve martin Nora efron comedy it features so many people i love in the supporting cast and also he's wearing a suicide i didn't know the suicide thing here's what i knew of this movie yeah um, well, do you want to finish your thought? No, I was just going to say, I was excited to watch this, even though its reputation wasn't good, but mm-hmm. especially after hearing you liked it, right? because I was like, this is kind of my thing where even if right. it doesn't work, it's the sort of thing I like to see made. Yeah, yeah. And then this is in such a weird way, not really a dark comedy as much it is, is a like very broad comedy that's just, as you sort of said, built on top of dark things. Right. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. think <laughs> she can't really do a dark comedy but she's like i should do a dark comedy and mm-hmm. like that's a that's a good direction for me to go in i just made this very sweet movie sure mm-hmm. and so like wouldn't it be good to make an, like a, a black comedy yeah but that she her whole aesthetic just does not match with a black comedy it's just not you just don't nothing is at stake not that things need right. to be at stake but it's no, just, but I'm just like i don't care like, 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 like i don't no care about your eviction right. i don't care right. you killed somebody like right. who cares yeah. you're totally. just like moving through the motions of a weird story but also i didn't re-watching it and i don't have a lot of objectivity because i feel like i was re- revisiting it as a kid while sure. re-watching it and I, and I was like i actually do really like that like there is something in the dna of this movie that actually isn't fake like that was the weird thing yes it's not fa- it's not so it like it, it's not soulless it's, you're right no, not it's, at all. it's like yes. working and not working Correct. at a hundred percent at yes. the same time she is good at loving her characters and I she kind of loves these people yeah you can tell she and, and, and they're good characters it's also that yeah. thing. the character right. we're watching it's one of those things where she is like you know uh, a kind of inarguably masterful souffle filmmaker mm-hmm. that thing we talked about we talked about a lot with it's, Nancy but Myers with her especially right. especially in terms of the public reputation of her movies Forgetting This Is My Life, which I feel like is sort of just in the middle, sure. everything is either a huge hit or a total disaster. Well, now, this is yes. a narrative thread I want to set up for yeah, this yeah, miniseries, yeah. okay? You saying that you just feel like she doesn't have it in her to go this dark. Yeah. The thing that I find so fascinating about Nora Ephron, and this is unusual and really the first time we've covered a filmmaker like this, is she has a whole fucking career before she becomes a director. Oh, she can mm-hmm. write a dark movie. That's the thing. She can't direct a dark movie. That's what's interesting mm-hmm. about yeah. her is like Like Heartburn or Silkwood or whatever. Yes. But in her, the hands of her other directors. Her career is like, you know, she's, she's a writer. She's a humorist, mm-hmm. right? She's writing fiction. She's writing journalism. She's writing short stories. She's writing personal essays. Mm-hmm. She's wild, widely known as sort of like you know, not David Sedaris, but that sort of level of oh she is right humor in the 80s 100 percent right like she's like a blockbuster name within certain circles then she starts writing screenplays and the screenplays start as being like semi-autobiographical things her adapting her own book you know things like that Mm -hmm. and those movies are darker her writing when she was uh, writing, uh, uh, you know, uh, fiction and uh, uh, and such, uh, writing in print was sort of had more 
bite to it was darker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then Harry Met Sally is like the bridge where it's like she writes the screenplay that is such a perfect encapsulation of this type of sensibility that she really nailed. Mm-hmm. And that sort of gives her the blank check to start making her own films. And then she becomes this incredible souffle filmmaker. And it feels like every one or two movies, she's like, can I make a movie with as much sort of like bite as right. the stuff I used to write? Right. And those are the movies that flop. Mm-hmm. You know, like Lucky Numbers is her being like, I oh should <laughs> be able to make a dark comedy. Right. Right. And then her only films that work are the ones that are just like really positive. Yeah. You know what, though? That's not what didn't work for me. I actually think the dark did work for the, in the movie. Like, I thought the screwball didn't work. That's the thing. In the That's, ensemble. I think the movie I agree. got really I don't lost have a in with trying the to dark. balance. Right. You're right. It's yeah. more balanced. Like, the dark is kind of funny. Right. Like, it, it all kind of worked. I was like, these are some good lines. But there's a lot of really good lines. There's some like, really good laugh lines. But then when it dials up into the French, yeah. Yeah. oh, no, no, we are uh, running yeah, yeah. into the other room and there's a man in a dress. Yeah. Oh, what am I gonna, you know, like, yeah. which just all feels like from a French farce thing. Yes. Yeah. And a lot of um, like pratfalls that it was like, well, why do you trip on that? Maybe I'm wrong. Sure. I haven't seen um, Santa Claus is a Stinker. Uh-huh. Uh, the, the, the original. <laughs> but I feel like that movie is probably... Like the Chris character is a little less human and is a little more like, you know, the movies like, yes. oh, ha ha ha, you know, and right. like that the Steve Martin character isn't a pompous oaf, mm-hmm. sure. not mm-hmm. like a sort yeah. of nice yeah, guy right. who's sort of yeah. difficult in person or whatever they're trying to do here, yes. but more just sort of like, oh, well, I'm so smart, you know. Mm-hmm. The Steve Martin character is in a weird middle ground between yeah. like the film's trying to position him as the everyman, mm-hmm. right. but also he's kind of an asshole and he's bad at everything he does. And yeah. everyone keeps and so critical of everyone how, around him. He's critical, but also everyone who talks to him is like, you're really awful. Like, <laughs> yes. You're not good at the business side yeah. of this or the human side of this. But also his main viewpoint is all of you are terrible. Everyone yeah. around me is right. fucking You're up like all, all the time. You're like the island of misfit toys. And yes. I'm the one so who's so critical right. and judgmental. And he's right. sort of, I guess, supposed to be the audience surrogate. I think it is all a part of this weird thing that is that the movie I was when I was watching, I was like this movie, like in a weird way, reflects like this cultural thing that was like coming around that time of like the isolation of the oddball. Like sure. that kind of like if you're if you're a little bit eccentric, don't you feel lonely? Like that's yeah. kind of the like pain sure, of the movie. Sure. And I feel the like MTV that's like, generation. Yeah. Kind of thing. And yeah, like yeah. that kind of and then like I feel like it like that became like twee or like it like it ushered yeah. in like Amelie in Ghost World and sure. these movies that sure. like and I was like right. is this the beginning of like especially, stuff? especially because of the California setting where it's like it's Christmas but yeah, it's hot it's outside everything's weird yeah. right right and like you've got the Parker Posey John Stewart characters sure. where it's like I get what that is that's yeah. yuppies and we don't like them it's very they're just fun. rich snobs I like that yeah. stuff I, I do like too they're just like we're fucking your tree <laughs> which, <laughs> which so is fun. very funny <laughs> yeah. and like and so right, and then the, yeah right. It's make, they're mixed everyone's nuts. everyone's yeah, got you know? like everyone's got a thing. Yeah, where it's like, yeah. like everyone's got a game. Everyone's got a thing. I know it's <laughs> white. Yes, <laughs> it's a very Jewish Christmas movie, which I thought was kind of, like as I was watching, I was like, this is a very. Jewish like it feels very Jewish there's a, like it's like like so many like it's like Gary Shandling Rob Reiner yes. like it's just got a really Jewish sensibility well, just and it's also beyond movie. that like Rita Wilson is one of those not Jews who you're like well, this lady's Jewish right and like yeah. Anthony LaPaglia yeah. is the same you're like yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, this, yeah. this guy's probably this the intersection right. either Italian Jewish or Jewish. Italian yeah. Yeah. it's like no he's Australian right. <laughs> <laughs> women, he's Italian Australian women who are not Jewish but seem Jewish are you describing everyone I've ever dated there is this thing that I may be 
you shouldn't admit, but almost every girlfriend I've ever had for like the first six weeks, I've been like, yeah, she's definitely Jewish. Mm. And then at some point I realized they're not. I just made the assumption because culturally we seem on a similar wavelength. You called it, David, which is she can go to this zone as a writer, but she can't go there as a director. Mm -hmm. Her instincts are sort of in this, like, I want Mm -hmm. things to be tight and I want them to be sort of frothy and fun and manic Mm -hmm. in a way that, like, um, it's interesting. Like, even something like uh, The Cable Guy, which I really love as an example of, like, a dark comedy studio comedy that was maligned at the time that Mm -hmm. I think has built a better reputation is, like, Ben Stiller, who is also capable of going very broad and light, despite the fact that clearly his mind is dark, you Mm -hmm. know? Especially at that time. Right. Uh, And DeVito is someone who, like, had a couple... It feels DeVito, this movie. Very. Yes. But DeVito and, like, Stiller... DeVito. DeVito. (laughs) DeVito. (laughs) Doctor is the dark comedy. DeVito. Stiller. Sarah Rubin, who at this point will have been uh, a guest on the podcast, friend of the show, texted me out of nowhere the other night. I got a pitch for you. Dane DeVito miniseries. And then her follow-up text was, little series for a little man. I mean, (laughs) I I thought that was so funny. I love to do a Dane DeVito miniseries. Yeah. What's it, five movies? Six? Yeah, you should. But, uh, but he's a got? weird example Wait, where he did had he like do Mama throw Mama throw Mama from the train. Oh, that's one of my favorite dark comedies. Well, that's the yeah, thing. Throw Mama Smoochies from the train good. and War of the Roses were War both the Roses huge hits. And both mm. they're both very good, and they're both dark. Very, yeah. very dark. Like and he makes truly the dark. Hoffa biopic, right? Which I've never seen, but is reviled. Classic mm, blank check, right. though. Yes, it is. Right, hundred percent. Right. And then it's Matilda, then it's which is Matilda, like which beloved is children's film. You know does what? Pretty Matilda well. is good. It's great. I just rewatched Willy Wonka too um, on peyote. <laughs> it was literally genius. I was. I really saw the comedy in Willy Wonka. <laughs> and then it's Death to Smoochie, which and I love. Duplex. Death to Smoochie is an example of one that I will yeah. defend. I love Death. I haven't seen it since I was little, but I loved it. But I think Devito is a guy who had that sense of like control over the dial duplex duplex Way is not great duplex, okay. duplex is not great i saw it in theaters uh but uh he had a good control of the dial and had the right mm-hmm. sort of he was really good at finding the visual sensibility mm-hmm. the visual look of a, a dark comedy to make it still look like a comedy mm-hmm. but be foreboding enough right he had really strong use of like shadows yeah. and like yeah. extreme angles and yeah. things like that especially war of the roses it's yeah so, it's God, so well directed so yeah and then what's weird about this film is like this movie looks like fluffier than sleepless in seattle yes like this movie it's is true. so brightly lit yeah so kind of like sitcom living room yeah set. it is it looks like a multi-cam it's crazy yeah right. that like even like if you leaned on the set it would just yeah. fall, you know? <laughs> right that even if as a writer she wants to go there yeah. and the dark jokes are actually dark it's yeah. like in like terms the Stephen of Stephen Wright joke is one of those jokes where you're like is there going to be another beat that right. makes this less dark and then <laughs> yeah. like, nope and like maybe even a pause to be yeah. like that was for real yeah and then they're like anyway and you're right. like okay Jesus you're like her script is dark She's directing the performances to be significantly less dark than the script. Right. And yeah. visually That's the film true. is That's even true. brighter than the performances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It is it is a, a little bit of a mess. And it's also the the beats of like physical comedy and like punchlines are so overpronounced. You just want to get yeah. out of it. There's moments in Golden Girls that are like that <laughs> where they'll just like hold on B. Arthur for like 
four seconds and yes. you're like, you got to get out of that shot. Like you're ruining right. this moment right now. Well, that's like <laughs> the stuff that really sticks out with the Chris character is that like Leah Schreiber is trying his hardest to make like the pain of this character very real yeah. and honest and earned. And then it keeps on cutting to five second reaction shots of Steve Martin looking horrified. Right. I know. <laughs> and you know, their first know. scene, I, I mean, and I'll forgive like one sort of him going like, oh, I don't know. You know, right. like for sure. But they do too many of those. Yeah. Which is a little and even when he, he gets, gets the, into it at the end though. But that's what that's what I liked. Yeah. Is yeah. That, right. That it's, scene I, becomes I, kind of lovely. Yeah. Yes. But, but right. then they'll still like undercut it. Like the, yeah. the dance is so sweet, it, again, and then they'll it, throw in another two seconds of him going like. Right, right, right. It does feel like the French farce. Thing. But it then I like that. Like yeah, you wouldn't want to do it, that. That's not normal. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it, there are weird choices that did work for me too, though. Like and then like and later like uh, Liam Schreiber's still dancing like in the background. Yeah. I was like, that's funny. Like he's just still dancing. Like, that, that there's I like love. little there's like little moments yeah. that like don't work at all. And then the next thing I'm like, that's kind of brilliant that and you then, did that. The Sandler yeah. Schreiber thing is kind of like fascinating. It is. And it I, I was expecting because I remembered it as a kid. And I was ex- expecting it not to work. And I was like, I kind of like it. I like, kind of do. Sandler's fine. It, it, he's good. It, it does, is it, weird how much he's doing full Sandler. Oh, that's I know. the thing. I it, think that was like his first too. Right? Yeah. Like, and I think that's what's going on there where they're like, no one's ever seen you do this in a movie. Right. So just do your thing. Yeah. Right. And he's like, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is weird, though, that like after this, he's like, I, I have to be half normal person half Sandler right. character but and this yeah. one it's only Sandler sketch like weekend update character he's like, like full mentally ill like yeah. there's like there's right. something like, that's like this it's never addressed no. it's just exactly. like this poor person yeah. that's like no one's taking care of him right like it's you you can right. tell they half want him to be them, like a simple guy yeah. it's like yeah. Steve but he Martin. pushes it into like right. is he Rain Man right here's like, their types right. it's like Steve Martin he's a little pompous yeah. like Rita Wilson she's a little like sad she's a little bit of a sad sack right Madeline Kahn she's kind of mean yeah um, Juliette Lewis, she's got an attitude. Mm-hmm. Anthony LaPaglia, he's homicidal. Uh, yeah, yeah. And like he's, Adam Sandler, he's a child. Right. Man? He's like a child in a right. grown body. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and like, like it, it sort of escalates weirdly, and that's also a problem that I have. Is the, uh, yeah. the, the like Steve Martin's like, she's look at us, a bunch of mixed nuts, and I'm like, I yeah. guess so. I know, I know, I know. You just seem a little annoyed. Can I, I can I read an insane thing? I was watching this on Amazon, a company that's done a lot of terrible things, uh, where they have the x-ray so you can see the trivia facts pop up while the movie's playing, right? This is clearly a user-submitted trivia fact (laughs) that barely tracks, and I want to assume that this is someone's own analysis of the movie that they presented as empirical fact, okay? Mm -hmm. All of the characters reflect Christmas icons. (laughs) Felix Anthony Leopaglia is Santa Claus. Sure. Well, in the sense that he, he wears, a Santa. Like, he wears a Santa, but he doesn't act like Santa Claus. Okay, <laughs> yeah, he's like Santa. Okay. We're about to really run out of Christmas icons. <laughs> well, get ready. Get ready for what they do here. Okay, here Gracie go. Juliet Lewis, the Virgin Mary. Well, yes, of course she's dressed she's like pregnant. her. She has the baby. The end is a manger. Yeah. yeah. Right. Whatever. Philip Steve Martin is an elf. Is he? I guess. In any way? I don't know. Explain to me how that. Okay. Catherine Rita Wilson is an angel. I guess she's guess. the nicest person yeah. in the movie. Oh, but also, she glows. I, I just want to bring up it's a, Santa wasn't present for the birth of Christ. Well, <laughs> it's a, you can't just mix yeah, the Virgin yeah, Mary yeah, and the, Santa. Yeah. Get ready for get ready for how how versatile they are with the title Christmas Icon. Okay, okay. Fine, right, okay. The Mr. Easter Bunny. Mrs. Mushnick, Madeline Kahn is the Grinch. Uh huh. Mr. Lobel, Robert Klein is Scrooge. Okay. okay. Louis Adam Sandler is the little drummer boy. 
Mm. Chris Leah Schreiber is Rudolph. Why? I don't, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. <laughs> sure, you're, you're like, you're I think like, I, think you know I agree with I this like person. <laughs> because Chris gets hit in the nose with a door and the nose becomes red. Wow. A lot of people get concussions in this of movie. Course. Not yes. to yes. away from. And and ready, this one's really is subtle. Is it Gary Shandling? Stanley, Gary Shandling is the Christmas tree. What? Well, well, they do tie oh, him right, to right, one. Right, right. So this trivia entry presupposes that these seven icons of Christmas, I just love the Avengers of Christmas, we are, all know the Virgin Mary Christmas icon. I'm like, what about Jesus? No, 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 no. no. Santa and the Grinch were there. Yeah, yeah, Santa, Santa Virgin Mary, and <laughs> Angel, elf and Elf, angel. the Grinch, Scrooge, Little Dark Drummer Boy, Scrooge. Rudolph, and a Christmas tree. It's a framework <sighs> that really kind of stops there. there yeah. It's not applicable in any way. It's Some not of like, them are and visual. Then, and then what do you do with that? And you're like <laughs> the two mean characters are both I don't know the mean characters who hate <laughs> Christmas in different stories. What the fuck are you talking about? Who fuck each other. Yeah. <laughs> that is okay. true. That, I mean, the Grinch and Scrooge do fuck. Do you that think is there true. is like a lot of Grinch Scrooge slash fic out there? If we search, there probably is. Honestly, they just hate fuck each other on Christmas Eve. Oh God, I wonder if there's any mixed nuts porn out there. The weird thing is, <laughs> there's definitely- this ain't mixed nuts and XXX parody. <laughs> I don't want to search for it. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah mi- mix XX. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot. Anyway, yeah. Robert Klein, I'm sorry. I just have to bring this up. Please. He's third build in the film. Well, do you know what I realized? Is it? It's alphabetical, alphabetical other than Martin. Other than Martin. It's oh, Martin oh, okay, and then okay. KK. Right. Yeah. Angel Osmond is in this movie, too. He is. Uh, yeah. My Forky spotted him. Oh, boy. And I had One to of his first appearances. Yes. One of Adam Sandler's first. Uh, Victor Garber is a voice oh, yes. from another yes. room yes. in this yes. movie. I don't know why. Uh, and, and I mean, he's in Sleepless in Seattle. Sure. Maybe it's just like, yeah, hey, Victor, you want to do a voice? Nora, I think Nora's the voice. Uh, the of, LA Times. Yes. yes. Right. And there are a couple other weird uh, voices. Well, Jolene in Fisher pops in. Right. Right. You got. Um, um, but some of the voice. I think Mary Gross from SNL is one mm, of the voices. Fair enough. Yes. Caroline Aaron and Mary Gross are yeah. two of the hotline callers. Oh, and then you also have. Uh, first film appearance of John Stewart. I know yes. as the rollerblader. Who you would never know. Never know. And Parker Posey. They're yes. constantly in motion. And what, well, what Parker Posey hair. I recognize when I saw her. And also her yeah. voices. You can't. Yeah. So yeah. But John Everyone Stewart on roller skates is Parker Posey. Yes. Actually, you all so, become sorry. Parker Posey. <laughs> it, Buster. But, uh, John Stewart. <laughs> I did not know until the credits. I was like, oh, that was yeah, John Stewart. I didn't know that either. And yeah. I had to like go back, and I'm like, you almost. It's almost offensive to him that you don't see. Like it cuts around him in a way that feels. It's like you're trying to cut. Out. It's yes. true. Well, yeah. it's like he has this, and then the following year, the year after that, he what's supposed to be his movie breakout. He gets hired to play Goldie Hawn's boyfriend and first wives club, right. and, and they cut all of cut his out scenes. Of the movie. Really, he's fully removed. He wow. doesn't really have a proper role until the faculty. Yeah. And by then it's already like you're like half an art baked. teacher and half right. baked, but that's like one scene, right? But Harvey Weinstein, a, a, a great man, uh, announced in the late Jesus 90s. Christ. A Rudolph. Rudolph. I'm sorry. Harvey Weinstein, terrific guy. Uh, uh, Harvey Weinstein in the 90s, like pre-Daily Show, post-MTV run, announces like, I've signed Jon Stewart to a four-movie right, deal. he's in playing by he's heart, next which is movie. Like Why was he cut out of all these movies? I don't know. Well, this is, he's cut Just out of all luck, these films or has nothing parts. Then Weinstein is like, I think this guy's a leading man. The first thing he puts him in is the faculty, which is probably just like, I want to start putting you in movies. Right. Here's a yeah, small yeah. role. And then he's in playing by heart. Playing for, uh, playing, playing for, uh, playing, playing by heart. Playing by heart. Okay, playing by heart. I don't know what that is. 
It was like a big Miramax movie of the 90s with Angelina Jolie and Jillian Anderson. And it was like, they were like, yes, it's Sean like, Connery it's and Jenna like shortcuts, but a rom-com. Yeah, it's like eight like, different romantic plot lines. I guess it's like a proto love, actually, but not yeah. tied around Christmas. Did it, it just get released? It, just it totally was like bummed. one of the. No, 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 no. This is like late okay, 90s. Okay, okay. It's early Angelina. Okay. Um, Angelina is not with Johnny Lee Miller. It's with someone. That's Hackers. I know, and I know they were married in real life, but it's someone kind of like that. I don't know. I'm seeing uh, Anthony Edwards. I'm seeing Jay Moore, Dennis Quaid. Or maybe, maybe fucking John Stewart ends up with Angelina Jolie in that movie. I don't fucking know. Anyway, eventually Weinstein drops his contract and doesn't fulfill it. Interesting. Yeah. No, Weird. Ryan Philippi. Yes. Her. Thank uh, you. Okay. Right. He's kind of the punk guy. In um. The yeah. Anyway, but you know, and he's John Stewart with Jillian Anderson. Yeah, there you go. As it um, should be. Big Daddy and then Death the Smoochie. And he's essentially after that is like, I guess I shouldn't be in movies anymore. Mm-hmm. And just regularly makes fun of his movie career for the rest of the run of the Daily Show. I like him in movies. I do too. It's he's nice got to good see energy. It's yeah, John Stewart. It's, yeah, he brings, yeah. He, he raises the scene. But I feel like before the Daily Show, it was more like, who's that sort of like blandly charming guy? Like, right, I don't know. Sure. He just had no presence or yeah, whatever. He didn't, we didn't know the wise, the wise guy. Well, yeah, it's also fascinating to watch uh, Larry Sanders show which I rewatched in its entirety recently, and he's got like a two season arc as the Jay Leno yeah. right. to he's Larry like the, Sanders he's John right. horse. Right. And yeah. the studio is clearly grooming yeah. him, the network's grooming him, yeah. and he keeps on coming around with his leather jacket. But it's also and, a joke mm-hmm. about John Stewart's career in the nineties when he was that guy. Right. He they kept being like, Well, he could be everyone kept on trying to make him happen. Or, you know, they yeah. they were sort of prepackaging him as right. like this guy's charming and he's handsome. Shouldn't mm-hmm. he be a star? Uh, it's very bizarre. Well, it's also just bizarre that he eventually did get a job and he was like, I have a whole philosophy of how a talk show should work. Yeah. Which yeah. is because I feel like everyone else is just like, they just, he's just a suit they want to right. plug in, like a charming guy. Right. And he was like, no, 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 I have like a whole concept. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, this is like a thing I'm going to do. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. Yeah. And then he made a movie about water. Yeah, I was going to ask, oh, what, like, what happened? It's not bad. It's not bad. I haven't seen it. Rosewater? It's also not good, but it's not bad. I kind of liked it. I love how rose water smells. That's the. Uh, I, I, know, I love when people that. Wear yeah. Love the fragrance. Yeah. 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 His torturer wore rose water. <laughs> that's literally <laughs> the original why title was that. he wore rose water. <laughs> <laughs> and now he has another she movie has coming an... out that's kind of like what if a comedian ran for president? What? Yeah, or, uh, I don't know. Oh, that's Steve Carell. Oh, is that is what it a that comedian? is? I can't okay. No, no, it's like local government. It's local government. That's what it is. Ran for government. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, I'm running for government. <laughs> I decided to run for government. I think the title of the movie is <laughs> "Running for Government." <laughs> running for government. <laughs> um, I what do you, do you guys like this movie? I kind of do. I can't. I, you can be honest with no, me. No, no, I do. I do kind of. Do. I will say. I always assumed it was unwatchable. Yeah. Then in preparing for this mini series, hearing that you loved it, and I always sort of had this perverse like, is there a chance it's secretly my kind of thing? Right. So then I started watching it not with unrealistic expectations, but going like, there's a chance I might love this. Yeah. And instead, the entire time I felt kind of confused because it's there were so confusing. It's like in every single scene, in every moment, there is simultaneously something I really like and something That's that feels so exactly. out to me. Yeah. Yes. It's both at the same time. There's something very rich about its confusing nature. Kind of. Yeah. It's kind of like yes. really worth watching That's to fair. be like huh, yeah. the whole way through. Here's yes. my experience with Mixed Sense and get ready. I, I, oh boy. Um, my hands. Okay. So my experience with this movie is I never saw it, mm-hmm. but congrats in the United Kingdom, 
This is why I told you to get ready. Okay, you're just going to give me some objective historical fact about what happened when this film was, was in the United it, Kingdom. I, and I assume it was probably rated PG-13 here, but it was rated 12 in the United Kingdom. Wait, why what? would that affect you? Yeah. That wouldn't, Wait, why did they do that? So What's the rating system? In Britain. <laughs> what? Oh, that's huh? amazing. They pretend wow. to know to not know that, but they know that. Well, it's never come up on the And show. when that I was... Really, really that must have really this. shaped your point of view over it the years. Did. It did. And, but so when, that's why know, I would think he would bring it up more often. The rating system is more restrictive, and it's like... If you're under 12, you can't yeah. see a movie rated 12, and then there's 15, 18. Like that's Every how it age mm. yeah. runs oh, off of it's NC-17 under age. Rules. I thought it was like a, a sizing <laughs> thing. <laughs> you got to be 12 <laughs> feet tall to watch this <laughs> one, baby. Size 12. <laughs> and so, no, it's, it's NC-17 rules where it doesn't matter whether or not you have a guardian. Exactly. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so this was rated 12, and when I was a like 12-year-old, mm-hmm. I was always, there's not a lot of movies rated 12. Usually it's in a PG. So I would be like, ooh, this is like slightly more grown. I could watch this one. Uh-huh. Mm. And I still never watched this wow. movie. But I would always see it on the shelf. I'm like, maybe yeah, this is the time for Mixed Nuts. Yeah. Never did. Watch this movie. Was like you the whole time kind of like, this isn't working, but then some joke would make me laugh or yeah. like some performance. Would, and then at the last 20 minutes, I was like, I'm basically into this. You kind of yeah. have to respect you know, it for like, what it is. And like when they were just like, they shoot Gary Shandling to death yeah, and he's dead and they're <laughs> yes. going to take it outside. And I'm like, is this Spoiler. just the end of the movie? Yeah. And then there's the sort of actual end of the movie yeah. when it finally like all comes together. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. I know. I kind of like this. Kinda, the movie falls in love with itself yeah. at the end. Yeah. And I guess that's partly the sort of Nora Ephron, like pixie dust sort of thing where yeah. she yeah. is pretty good it's at good, getting you on. Yeah. description. And it yeah. did kind of, it did make me be like, yeah, Christmas is magic. And it like, is. you are lonely on Christmas. And, and like all the things I was like, yeah. And I'm so hungover. I almost cried. I, I like, <laughs> this morning, I was like, <laughs> the other thing I like, I think in the end is that more people start to be to the Steve Martin character. Like, you are bringing nothing to the table. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm glad everyone's calling him out on this. Okay. Not, not that it's a binary, but, but can I just throw out my take right here? Mm. The thing, because I love Steve Martin, even in bad sure. movies, I tend to love Steve Martin. And I want to talk about well, Steve Martin's 90s so in a second. Bad I movies. want to talk about how bad his 90s were in a second. Okay. Watching it, I was like, why is he so wrong for this? Mm-hmm. And then I realized so much of 90s Steve Martin, when he moves out of being like weird hippie square guy, mm-hmm. you know, like being the idiot. In the 90s, he becomes, I'm sorry, 90s, uh, 80s and 70s, he is weird hippie doofus, mm-hmm. right? In the 90s, he becomes like square, like super mm-hmm. waspy. His father is the right man. character. That right. becomes yeah. like the template. It's really like he's the, got great he hair. He reflects the demise of America. He right. really does. Yeah, and, and he's and, like a fucking Clinton voter. Right. right. right? Yeah. And and so much of it is that he is... <laughs> it's like best case scenario. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. He has this coiled anger, this coiled frustration. Right. I mean, it's, it's what planes, trains, and automobiles perfects, yes. and mm-hmm. then he carries with him for most most of the 90s, yes. which is not the right fit for this movie because it's a movie about someone who works for a suicide hotline. Yeah, no, exactly. And that Steve Martin 90s persona the, is mostly everyone around me is, is stupid and I'm right. seething with contempt. And I'm right, getting right. now, Griffin, why you wanted to go through this because looking at his 90s, save for Father of the Bride, which is like pretty charming. And Father and fun. Bride 2. LA Story, hits, yeah. which is uh, flawed but interesting. Movie. I like and a lot. Yeah. And Bowfinger, which is right at the end there. Right. Bowfinger. All of these movies are terrible. Like calamitous. And most yeah, of yeah. them are not only bad, but bad choices for him. Like, no, Sergeant it. Bilko. Sergeant Bilko is terrible. Terrible. <laughs> like, that movie I mean, I haven't seen it since I, I was a kid, but yeah, I remember it's, liking it's Republican, it. Sergeant Bilko. Oh, so that movie came out and everyone was like, mm. we hate this. Yeah. Like, you know, it was, it was nobody likes that movie. Also insane where you're like, yeah. Maybe it could be a bad Like, one of the most respected comments 
comedy series of all time, right? The Phil Silver show, where like critics always fucking cream themselves for that mm. thing, where they're like, do you know that's actually the best sitcom of all time? Sure. Then they make it as a movie with like every beloved, like sort of like venerable, Aykroyd, funny Phil man, Hartman, Phil Hartman. Or, like the yeah. cast on that thing is insane. Chris Rock's yeah. in it. Chris Rock, everyone's fucking in it. And every it came out and everyone was just like, we're just going to pretend this never happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We I remember never like, I did not get it. There's this. a few things in comedy where I'm like, I ever like, I I don't get Caddyshack. I don't sure. get Animal House. I'm just like, there's a few things that I'm like, I don't get it. Like maybe it's like boy. I'm like, I don't get That's boys. Very, those are both like, the very fratty movies. I yeah, feel like. but yeah, I'm just yeah. like, where's the joke though? Like, yeah, or sure. it's just about the spirit of the movie. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. but like that at has like a three and three Stooges. I don't get like all Not of those. A, a all of those fan, movies yeah. and things are Sergeant Bilko to me. Yeah, <laughs> well, the Sergeant Bilko movie is just. I remember my mom going to see it, and I was so eager to see because I was like, Steve Martin in the army sounds funny. Yeah, like I was like, oh, it's gonna be. Steve Martin stripes or whatever. Right. And she was like, I refuse to let you see it just because of how bad it is. Yeah, yeah. It's not even that it's right, inappropriate. You can't do this and she was yourself. like, there is literally not a single funny moment in the entire movie. But he, all right, so mm-hmm. here's his 90s. Uh-huh. Okay, My Blue Heaven, written by Nora Ephron. Written by Nora Ephron. Which is like comedy Goodfellas. It's the sequel to Goodfellas. Yes. It's mm-hmm. Henry Hill in Witness Protection, yeah. which is crazy. Um, I've never seen that movie. How is it? I kind of like it. Sure. Not a big hit. Right. right. LA Story... Yeah. Good movie. Starts, really starts good movie. strong. Yeah. <laughs> Father of the Bride. This is the same okay. year. And also he's in Grand Canyon, which is like 1991 Crash, the Lawrence Kasdan movie. Right. Then we got House Sitter, which I saw That's on TV. Goldie on. It. Gentleman Goldie 6, Goldie. Frank yeah. Oz, a, right. a perfectly functional cable movie. Then we got mm-hmm. Leap of Faith, which I've never seen. I've seen Leap of Faith. I liked it. I kind of like it. It's probably like a mixed nuts. Like, what? It's, when you watch it. It's yeah. better than mixed nuts, I would say. Mm-hmm. And they did a Broadway musical of it that was pretty well regarded mm. but was unsuccessful because who wants to see a fucking leap of faith musical yeah, of course <laughs> um but it was such a big bomb that there's mm. like an infamous snl clip uh-huh. where david spade's doing hollywood minute sure. on weekend update mm. and they show the poster for leap of faith and they go look kids a falling star oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> and that's then steve martin walks in behind him and rags on david spade for like five minutes sure. uh-huh. okay yeah. that's funny. then in the same year as mixed nuts mm-hmm. he made a simple twist of fate his silent the Silas adaptation. He wrote that's an adaptation of Silas Martin. Oh, that I, I don't have seen. know what this is. It's like, what if a curmudgeonly guy got a kid it's on a, his hand? Like, had to adopt a kid. Fucking... And it's so treakly and yeah. very safe and cute and not funny. Uh-huh. Yeah, not a comedy, really. Like, my mom showed me that movie when I was a kid because she was like, this will not offend anything, any sensibility. It's like, like, like Steve fine. Martin doing Stepmom. <laughs> right. Is there a way to look at his IMDb and then sort of pinpoint when he bought art? talk about it he'd be like i'll do the movies that pay me the most money right because i like buying art right. it costs so a lot funny. then father of the bride part two which is better than father it of the is. bride it is is it a good movie I, who knows it's i've seen hard. it more there's something than, like yes. evil about those movies there's father something the bride, like, especially like in that one because he's like my life is fucking miserable i own a factory my everyone around <laughs> me is so gorgeous I have to sell my giant house. What the hell is going on? And we're all like, Steve, I'm right there with you. This sucks. That movie and Jumanji were movies where you could just own like tennis shoe factories (laughs) in in towns. And it was, and you were like normal. It's like, he's literally talking to the camera, walking through his shoe factory being like, look, 
I'm just a regular guy. Yeah, just <laughs> another day at the it's wasp like, plant. Wait, do you own Nike in the summer? I don't understand. Like, there's no comp. That movie also just has the weird thing of he and Diane Keaton yeah, getting he, pregnant. He fucks yeah. her, you know, through the wall and she gets like, pregnant. On a She's counter. like 48. Yeah. And then the two yeah. babies are born at the same time. Yes, that is the yeah. primary sexuality is so icky. Really like, there's icky. something, it's like, I, they're both gorgeous people. Yes. I mean, whatever, but like, it's just like, why am I, why do I not want to see them fuck? At like, all. I just don't want to at in this movie. All. Yeah. God, and then you've got Sergeant Bilko, which I think is that's when people are like, "Can you stop?" Yeah. Also, you don't need to make this many right, movies. Stop it. Yeah. And then he does the Spanish Prisoner, which is sort of cool. Like, yes. do, you know, it's not not a. Not but a, it's another example where he says, "I did that. Role. I went to the premiere. Audiences started laughing when I showed up, and I said, I guess I can never do a I drama ever again.' Wow. And he doesn't do it again okay. until Billy Lynn. Mm. That's right. And then ninety nine, he has Bowfinger. He yeah. also has the I love Bowfinger. Bowfinger, I know. Bowfinger, it's good. We like it. Okay, yeah. yeah. Bowfinger, oh, totally yeah. I can't get. Yeah. And then I think it's down. funny because Towners, I like too. Actually, it's bad. But post like it. Bowfinger, he should be. It should be like, hey. This is your energy. Like, write yeah. it. And then he goes back funny. to, oh, I'm going to do like, two cheaper by the dozen, two the pink house. Panthers. Yeah. But bring that's just 9 11. Like, we, yeah. we just couldn't, we we lost ourselves. Like, we we were like on a roll with yeah. like getting zany, and then we just like fell off. Also, all five of those movies we just named off, big Huge hit. hits. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, about, he went back to being a top comedy box office. Draw. Cheaper by the dozen is the worst movie ever made. It's so bad. And like, the whole premise is he has 12 kids. Yeah. And he's like, isn't right. that nuts? And I'm like, why the fuck do you have 12 kids? And he's like, no, the premise is I've done set up. Like, that's it. The We're Baker's just, Dozen. Um, it was a title first, probably. That's no it's a remake. It is oh, a what? Guys, it's it a is a lot of kids. Classic. It's a lot of kids. It's a, uh, there was a 40s when version was, of it. Was, I think when I was 30. a kid, when yeah. I was that age, me and my friend, my best friend, Ollie, I guess I was like 16. We wrote a parody script called Cheaper by the Cousin. Oh, I can't believe I've never talked about this on air. About how he now has to have, he has 4,000 cousins. That's a lot of cousins! And the whole Whoa. premise is like, they're idea. just like destroying everything around him. <laughs> <laughs> we're like 30 pages. We they're like, like gremlins. Pages of the by extended the cousin. family right, right, yeah. is, are like the gremlins right. taking over the town and I tearing buildings. I'm sure I have it. Cousins is a good idea. Yeah. Just really like, good. As a concept, uh, we need to dig into more too cousins. many cousins. Yeah. Too but that, many right, cousins. you're like his only passion project in the two thousands is Shop Girl. Yeah, right. And, and that, then that's when the tortoise shell glasses came out. That's yeah. Like when, yeah. But also, that's right, when, Shop Girl is he's like it's just weird for me to fuck a younger woman, and we're right. all like, yeah, it is weird. Don't and do he's that. Like, By the yeah, way, yeah. Uh, have you met my wife? And right. Everyone's like, oh, that's Shop Girl. Novocaine too. That was like that. Novocaine, Novocaine was like is that a era. forgotten film. Forgotten. I've never seen that. Is it good? Um, it didn't work for me when I was like 15. Yeah, same here. I didn't get it, and I was so on board with it. I know it, it felt like it should be what I wanted. But yeah, he needs to figure it out. He is not. I mean, like I don't know. He's just getting, he's getting all the Kennedy like, centers. I think I think yeah. he's good. You he know, just he loves doing thing. the touring show. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah right. I mean, he's I'm essentially sure doing stand up for the first time in like forty yeah. years. That special yeah. he did with. Um, Mark uh, Short was yeah, really that's, good. The they're really, still really touring. Well, they're I doing oh, that. Oh, I would like yes. to see that. Oh, okay. Such a hottie. He's like, one of the I most handsome stand-ups to ever exist. Person and the jerk. It's also one of those weird things where like. If you see him when he was like a writer on the Smothers Brothers when he did the dating game, it's mm. the last window of when he had dark hair. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. he was really hot with dark hair and a beard. Yeah. Then he started going salt and pepper, and you're like really handsome, distinguished. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Then he went, especially with his like Doc Brown hair. Yeah. It was all like messed up in the 70s. It right. was good. And then he goes like full white, tight cut, owns the wasp thing, and you're yeah. like, 
that's kind of how we all want to age. Yeah, right. And then in the last like 15 years, he started like doing too much work. Yeah, mm. yeah. But he's also got like a David Letterman thing going on where it's like you're you're dressing cute. It's just you shouldn't keep filling your face up. Like, yeah. Just let men age well. His so just, style's still good. Age, just right. do it. Men yeah. age well. Yeah. I mean, Letterman figured it out where he's like, you're Letterman's, right. Yeah. Letterman is the dream. Yes. That's oh, exactly Letterman's what you want. Killing it. Yeah. Oh my god. Visually, couldn't be better. That's what you want. Yeah, we'll never that that anecdote he has about trying to buy shoelaces. Do you know what I'm talking no. about? <laughs> I'm gonna try. I'm gonna find it. They, it's like post, um, you know, retirement, mm-hmm. where he talks about how like he literally had forgotten how to live his life because yeah. he was a host of a late night show right. and everything was for him. So he was like, I needed a pair of shoelaces. Where do you get shoelaces? And someone uh-huh. was like, Go to Designer Shoe Warehouse. And he says, so I go there. It's a building the size of, a, of the Pentagon. <laughs> it's enormous. Um, if you took, if you took someone from a country that doesn't have this, like and blindfolded them and put them in there, they would be like, you people are insane. <laughs> Who needs this many shoes? It's sinful. It's one of those places where there's no employees. And now and then there's just like a pile of shoe boxes. <laughs> so I go to the counter. I'm nosing around the counter and there's shoelaces. This is after about an hour. So I'm waiting in line and the woman checking people out says, in a big voice may I help our next shoe lover please oh my god <laughs> and I just started to tremble I just it's the greatest That's little so short good. story in the world just him trying to buy shoelaces here's my take now that we've we've given that Steve where he's at his career the persona I needed it actually. I also think a thing I find very fascinating about Steve Martin even with the amount of flops in the 90s and everything is that he is a guy who like Three or four times in a way that was subtle, but actually was quietly pretty radical, changed what his comic persona was. Yeah. You know, that that most comedians age out of, oh, the comic persona I had only worked at this period of time, culturally age. Steve Martin, like, kept on every 10 years going, like, I moved laterally. Right. Because you go, it starts with him being, like, absurdist. I'm a bad, like, vaudeville performer. Right, yeah. I'm kind of, like, counterculture adjacent. Yeah. You know, then it becomes just sort of like. Where he just, like, he invented, like, anti-comedy in, like, right. the 60s or whatever. Right. And he did that for a while. And then he was like, I'm going to do something else now. Then it becomes, yeah. like, goofy, befuddled guy. Right. And yeah. it's like. Like all of me and the man with two brains and it's sort of like this shit's happening to me. Mm -hmm. I'm no longer playing the moron who doesn't get it, but Mm -hmm. I'm playing the person who's overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. And then the nineties, he becomes like waspy asshole, angry, contempt at everybody. And then in the two thousands, he's like, I sold out. He might as well just like, it's nothing. bags of money with his character. What's weird is in the two thousands, he simultaneously, his movies stop having any identity to them. Yeah, sure. But when he's doing TV appearances, when he's hosting SNL, when he's hosting the Oscars, he is fully now owning more so than I think anyone else has ever succeeded doing this. My bit is I'm so arrogant, so rich and so successful. And everyone else, when they do that, you're like, this is too close to the truth. I can't laugh yeah, at yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Ellen. And, and he, like, doesn't right, work. The Ellen thing yes, where you're like, yeah. you have to pretend like you're one of us. Right, right. If you start acknowledging that you think you're better than no, us, yeah, him, yeah. the whole Perfect. thing falls apart. Yeah. He's the only guy who's pulled that off. His, That's true. His opening monologue for the 2000, for the, the, the his second yeah. Oscars monologue is perfect. Joke for joke, perfect. I, and it's I, all I, that. It, it's all about like him getting lunch. He doing that. Yeah. He needs to really like do something that's like that. The Martin Short Tour is like that. If you watch the Netflix special, it's great. But but here's my take. In one 
on one hand, I think having someone who's that big of a star in this character actually throws off the balance of the movie because mm-hmm. it is such an ensemble thing. It's all 100%. these people entering and exiting. And everyone else is in this mm-hmm. is a new star. Like your Julia yes, Lewis is your Adam Sandler. Yeah. Or right. Madeline Khan like, is like you're taking well, someone sure. back. Yeah. Right. Rita yeah, Wilson's never had a part this big before. Also, really. Like how old are all of these? Like how old are they? Like, like, Madeline Khan is the same age as Rita Wilson, but she's like Mrs. Old Munch. Right. <laughs> it's so weird. Like, yes. like, I don't know. Like they're and then like Julia Lewis is younger. I suppose like i don't know you have like shanling klein uh uh, con right yeah who are like it's comedy comedy luminaries right right? Mm -hmm. yeah yeah yeah. then you have like sandler juliet lewis Liam schreiber Schreiber. and i would say rita wilson who are like these are new people anthony lapalia right Rita, Wilson's, Rita like, Wilson's performance is great. She is. I think she does Phenomenal. so much with so little. Yeah. It's like you really love this. Not person. only is she the best performance in this movie, I think it's it the is. best she's ever been. I and agree. It's kind of I totally agree. It's it weird. is a bummer, and I only know her as the best friend in like say. your sort of you know Nancy why. Myers movie. She yeah. really, she really is looking for a reason to show that she's hurt. I know. That's like in life, and then I think this movie she was like, I get to finally like well, show people that, I have, that I'm hurt. Yes. It's just her hairstylist or makeup stylist. Looking exactly. and like it's like she just became like you know runaway bride. Yeah. Uh, you know she becomes wine uh, friend. Exactly. She becomes you don't need right. him. You're better without him. Yes. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but it's like it's, I guess ostensibly what she was in volunteers. Yes, she was in volunteers. In the the 80s. 80s. There were a couple like thankless like, like, like love Tom interests Hanks. in a comedy it's, I think roles. it's where Tom Hanks met her. Yes, oh, okay. at the beginning of her career, and yeah. then she this did is, like you know some TVs appearances and but this is like the one time yeah. I, I think I've ever seen her be in a comedy where she mm. gets to play the funny person yeah. and has dramatic weight to she's carry really good at and she's show. the one person who's totally she's on great. the wavelength of the tone this movie should be yeah, I, I agree, agree. That's true. she's just balancing some, it yeah, perfectly yeah, she, she is although sometimes I feel like the movie sort of stops to deal with her character and then like moves yes. on and I'm like well let's just stick with her I she know, should you know. maybe be the lead I she know should. she is sort yeah. of the lead her panic attack yeah. is really it's good it's, it's really good when she's like I'm so cold I was like Jesus cover her up yeah. like I'm feeling it I know but but you're like right if they're not that someone could have given a better performance than this because I think Rita Wilson's pretty perfect yeah. but you're like if you're gonna hire one really big movie star to be the person above the title in this film right. it should be whoever's playing that character right 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 right. you know yeah. and it's right. like the the but, Steve Martin character by putting someone that big in the role you're asking the audience to see everything through his eyes which is kind of the least yeah, pleasant yes. set of eyes to view it through there's right. also just a weird right. arc to him where the movie begins there's the the rollerbladers, the trees crash into the empty, right? There's the big accident. He's right? immediately angry he's like, at everyone. He's like, come on, guys. Like, it's Christmas. Can't we yeah. all be like, you know, friends? And I'm like, oh, so he's like a nice guy. And then immediately I'm like, no, he's a jerk. Yeah. Right. And then I'm, I work like doing a charitable job. Works in charity. I'm like, oh, so he's a nice guy. But, but I'm then bad at it. And, and I seem like, to hate it. And then like, there's like the early <laughs> Stephen Wright joke, which I do think is so funny where Stephen Wright calls and I'm going to kill myself. I'm yeah. like, God. And then you hear a gunshot and then it goes dead. Yeah. <laughs> And Click Steve Martin's button. like, if they're really upset, they call back, which I think is so funny. And then yeah. just standing <laughs> there. Stand the, yeah, yeah, it's a really like, good. They milk whatever. it. They milk and it I'm well. just so I'm like, okay, so I'm not supposed to take them seriously as suicide prevention sure. experts, right? right? 
No, and like, yeah, no. also it's like a it's it's a weird like it's like the company is a joke. So like it's right. a confusing like I'm confused at the emotional right. reality of working at this company right. so that is a joke. Exactly. Like, so it's just three sad people who are right. shitty at this. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and it's, a, it's like and people are calling lifesavers or and it's only they've only saved like fourteen hundred people or something. It's like it's like well wait and how long Steve is this Martin's going on whole for? bit is just some anagram joke. Like that's how he talks people off yeah. the fucking know, ledge. And then and read. Rita Wilson's sort of nice and sweet. Yeah. Madeline Kahn is nasty. Yeah. She's the Grinch. She's, she is, she's Grinch. in well, pain. Yeah. Her dead husband. Uh, right. But Madeline Kahn um, is, is incredible. One of my she, 10 favorite actors. Oh my gosh. She's my second favorite movies. actress of all time. She's my second she favorite. Catherine Zeta Jones. <laughs> 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 Catherine O'Hara. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if you like, if you would just look me in the eyes and been like Catherine, Catherine Zeta Jones, I'd be like, all right. <laughs> and then the podcast just ends. <laughs> sure, she's your favorite actress of all time. Uh, I'm, I'm Jenna Rollins, and then Madeline Kahn. Madeline Kahn's mm. my second favorite actress mm. of all time. Okay. But, but yes, in my top ten in history, she she's always shining. She's yeah. shining as much as she shines in every. I mean, I. I think she actually shines more in Clue than she does in this movie. No question. I mean, but it's really great. So fucking good. And the Mel Brooks movie, she's transcendent. Absolutely. Right. Clue is more where you're so like, good. here is someone so in a, I think Clue is funny, but I do think that Clue is mediocre. Like, you know, like this Clue, I have the same relationship with Clue where I'm like, I don't even know if it's good or not. Exactly. Yeah. You so can in tell my DNA, that the script is know. kind of bad and that every performer yeah. is good and is right. just doing everything right. they can. And that the script wanted to be bad. Is yeah, the script right. is like, this it was like is an dumb. homage to bad. And you're right. like, okay. And Flames like, on the Side of My oh, Face is something that she ad-libbed. Like, yeah. It's not true? in the script. Yes. And when you learn that, you're like, I see. Right. She says in this movie too, she's like, when she's like, don't you know Catherine loves you? She has smoldering lust. And it's like, that is all Mrs. White right now. Yes. You're like this smoldering, smothering, like she loves these Her, things. like improvised song she does when she's stuck in the elevator yeah. feels very much like yeah, that's, so funny that's too. her. God, she's so what a funny. gift. She's so we, funny. we were so lucky I, I think she's her. as good as any comedic performer that's ever existed. And I no, think she's, she's not talked about in those terms yeah. because she was kind of egoless because she was yeah, so much and she's so tied to Brooks and some and, people and you she know, was yeah, also she was an like one of the Mel Brooks person. players right. but right. also yeah. she was a supporting actress like she almost never was the lead yeah well, how many movies do you think she did apart from My Little Pony and the American but how many live performances do you think she did between this and Clue between this and Clue yeah. three one like she just mm. never did movies. Well, mm. she did in seventies through. Yeah, no, I know, like, but like in the eighties right. when she should be doing this every she was, she was year, Cos- essentially Cosby Show. Right, yes. then she, she would did pop that fucking in song, on like, Cosby yeah. sitcom. But yeah. like you know, like Clue eighty five, and then she did something called Betsy's Wedding nineteen ninety. <laughs> okay. Also, Anthony Lapalia is yeah. in that one too. And then this in ninety four. Like I guess she just was sort of like, eh, I don't know. She would be I'm doing like something retired, really cool right TV. now. She she also, she'd be doing something. She'd have uh, an Oscar by now. She, is, she, would, she, she has is, an Oscar. Paper Moon. No, I think no. she was just nominated. nominated she was nominated right? twice for, for, for Paper two. Moon and for Blazing Saddles, yeah. which is one of the coolest nice. nominations of I love all time. That. That's good. Isn't yeah. that so cool? Where That's you're like, nice. Jesus Christ, you fucking like gave that respect. She won a Tony, I think, for something. Her background was an opera singer. Yeah, yeah, and a 
answer. Have you ever seen her sing um, Gosh, The Frog song? She's so yes. funny. It's so great. Yeah. I mean, it's it's problematic, but it's amazing. <laughs> there was a Sesame Street VHS I had that I watched on Endless Loop as like a very young child where it had the two bits that she did in Sesame Street that they would recycle in episodes that were her with Grover, I would say, in the mm. late 80s. Mm-hmm. And it's... Uh, I think I've seen it. Her singing the, the Echo song uh-huh. with Grover. And then there's one where I think she's playing her own identical twin. That's fun. But the one with Grover, it's like a very young child, aside from the fact that she has perfect comic timing, yeah. that she has a beautiful singing voice, right? That she is big in a way that never feels uh, cartoonish. Mm. Like she's someone who is able to go expressionistic with her comedy acting without it feeling mm-hmm. superficial. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, more so than anyone else I've ever seen as a child, watching her interact with a Muppet, I was like, this is... Like, it yeah. feels like when a kind adult talks to me as a child. <laughs> right, right, like, right. there's a level of consideration and <laughs> yes, care and yes. respect with yeah. how she talks. Grace. To, like, as opposed to when, like, Robin Williams comes on and he's doing bits with, like, right. Tally Monster. Right, right. And you're like, but you're just being Robin Williams. You're trying to do your routine. Yeah. You know, not that it's not funny. Yeah, yeah. And Madeline Kahn was, like, really, like, holding Grover's hand and looking him in the eyes. Yeah. And it meant so much to me that when she Beautiful. died and it played at the Oscar in memoriam that year. Not that clip. But when whatever clip they chose (laughs) played at the Oscar Memoriam that year, it's the only time I full on broke down crying at the Oscar Memoriam. Mm. And it totally caught me unawares. Mm. I I always just get caught up going, oh, right. That's me watching the Oscar Memoriam. Of course. (laughs) Oh, like it's just me being surprised that people died. Even though half of them are like, of course, right. 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 Not knowing. (laughs) And then like, it'll be like, yeah, like Jim, Jim. And you're like, oh, he's a good editor. This is what I do. I do a lot of this. I do. We need editors, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. And then it's always like, Barry Richmond, publicist and producer. Uh, yeah, like, no, uh, get off the right. smoking a cigar. Um, no, my sound during In Memoriam is usually, mm. right. like, it's right. like that kind of like, oh. But that Madeline Kahn was the first one where, like, she pops up and I'm just like, oh, tears are coming out of my eyes. Yeah, we got lucky. We were lucky, you know? Yeah. God it, sent us an angel. It really does feel <laughs> like an angel is Rita Wilson. <laughs> and she's the Grinch. That's true. That's true. Sure. God sent us a Grinch. I just think it's one of those things. It's one of those reasons I think she's not viewed of in the same way is that even though she was in all these big movies and she was part of stock companies and all these sorts of things, like she never was like, well, I want to be the romantic lead. No. Yeah. She never had her movies. It yeah. seems like she found the value in. Yeah, she did. I want to be the eighth character because yeah, yeah, yeah. I can do whatever she's like I want. She's like a Richard Kine there. or something. Yeah. Like yeah. I think on stage. Were, she was more of a leading woman, but yeah, yeah and that right. was that she was, was more than enough. She for was incredibly she attractive. To do her part, of course, you know, hottie. she's a real hottie. Me. Major hottie. If we did a mixed nuts me. hotness ranking, she would be, she'd like be the top, top two at the, yeah. the worst. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Adam Sandler and Madeline Kahn clocking as the neck. hottest. This is, <laughs> this is Sandler at peak cuteness. I know he is like full Pete Davidson hormones in this. Like he's just like oozing young teen hormones. Everyone actually. This is kind of a hottie parade. You know, Martin might be dead last just because the hair is off. The hair's so weird. And it That's also, true. Yeah. you wonder what their calculation was And then was why there. is he in that like smoking jacket later? Because that's what an elf wears. That's what he puts, she puts, she just dresses all of them. Yeah. <laughs> she, 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 she brought an, an insane amount of clothes that yeah. fit all of them. But like LaPaglia, you know, I, I think he's the worst part of this movie. I like I Anthony totally LaPaglia agree. just totally fine, agree. but pretty cute. He's yeah, he's like, he's, he's a hottie yeah. too. Also, half Santa is a hot look. Very you know, hot. just yes. suspenders in the pants. That's true. Yeah, and then like a true. white beater is sort of like. Didn't yeah. the guy who tried to assassinate Richard Nixon 
wear a Santa Claus suit? Wasn't he like a department store Santa or something? Because in 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 Assassins, the Sondheim show, yeah, I, uh, which I've always wanted to see, never Incredible. had, never had, never had the chance to. My favorite musical or tied. Really, I'm sure yeah. it's on love it, the, love like, it, love it, love it. Assassin's Creed is really great. Ben loves <laughs> Assassin's Creed. The You're correct. Assassin's Creed. Uh, Samuel Bick. Yeah. Um, his decision, he was going to hijack an airliner, crash into the White House. Right. Um, it was just that he had once dressed in a Santa Claus suit for like at some other protest, and that's okay. why Sondheim puts him in a... Uh, gotcha. Okay. It just... Watching LaPaglia in this, where he's wearing a suit, he looks disheveled, and he's got a gun at all times, Yeah, is pretty much how that character looked in the 2003 revival of Assassins, Fair and enough. it freaked me out. It, it's true. That performance was the one that just didn't feel good to no. me, like, ever. Yeah. And, and Adam Sandler, like, I weirdly, at first, when he comes in, he's like, eh, 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 and I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. But, then, like, but by the end, I was like, actually, I believe it. It really yeah, helps yeah, contextualize yeah, yeah, him. Right. It also helps that he is so kind yes to, he's, he's innocent he's so to, innocent to, to, to everyone to, but yeah. especially to, to Leah. Yeah, exactly. right. um, um the phone call, i do want to say that they're every phone call i think is very funny yeah the, the obscene caller is always funny yeah it's always yes. funny one, one that's always funny yeah. yes like the woman and who's like in line for and she's like <laughs> yeah. she's like i was standing in the 10 items or less line and i realized i might be standing in the 10 items or less line for the rest of my life <laughs> yeah, that like, that's just, like no full nora but that's like yeah right that's like, nora efron really new yorker short story right just perfect little yeah. like tossed off line that stuff works really well i mean it's one of these things we were texting last night about this but it's bizarre how many times they've tried to do the like beloved french farce mm-hmm. as american remake Which and they so just, often as we realized as we were going through it was really a 90s thing most yes. of all yeah right i, I was like cage they, is the only time it works for me that's what we, we were saying and even the, then there are some moments where it's, it's a little reachy perfect. it's yes. the best yeah. one and it's the only one that you could argue was both well-regarded and a hit. Yeah, right. The thing that kickstarted is Three Men and a Baby. Yes, mm-hmm. right, which mm-hmm. I forgot was based on a... And it's so fucking huge, even yeah. if that's not as good as The Birdcage. How is the French Three Men and a Baby? Never seen it. Uh-huh. I feel like it was also thought of... <laughs> <laughs> it was thought of kind Between of as... Three, three Men in a Cradle. <laughs> yeah. oh. And there's actually no baby, and it's just about three guys that get a cradle. They just <laughs> rock it over and over. It's all in a Walmart. How do you put it together? Francis Weber <laughs> is this one guy who eight separate films that yes. he either wrote or directed got remade between 1980 hmm. and 2010. Weird. That must be weird for you. Yes. I didn't know this, but apparently the man with one, one, the man with one red shoe. French uh, first Hanks remake. Movie, that's yeah. a remake of a birdcage. The toy. Remember that? Right. What's the oh, toy? Boy. Richard uh, Pryor and Jackie Gleason. Yeah, Rich course. White Man right, right, right. buys Richard Pryor for his son, a movie that's not about slavery. Uh, Father's Day. Father's uh, Day. Robin Williams, a, Billy Crystal. A disaster. Yep. Huge um, flop. Wasn't Chucky originally a French movie? Child's Play? Is that the joke yeah, you're yeah, making, Ben? These movies are based in a oh, sort of French childish. thing of like, isn't this weird this way this man behaves? This is not correct. Yeah, no. so it's very right. man-child chi- man And something like Dinner for Schmucks, which is based on the dinner game, is similarly to this, like... Dinner for Schmucks is not good, but opens it up. Mm. The dinner game is two guys in an apartment for 90% of the running time. And this is also one of those things where, like, this was a play that was a huge hit in Paris, was developed by a comedy troupe, Mm. ran for years, got turned to a French film, then remade into a movie, Mm. and is, like, still restaged to this day. And the movie just by design cannot stop feeling like a play, even when they go to a different location. Yes. Because Mm. every scene is based on the energy of people, like, entering and exit. It is. It's so noises off. Right. And when you see a great farce yeah. on stage, to all see the, the like, timing, slamming doors right. and all that stuff, yeah, noises it off. It never translates into a movie. Yes. Right. 
Because um, the Noises Off movie doesn't work either. And Noises yeah. Off is perfect. Right. Noises Off is perfect. I do yeah. love the movie, but yes, I agree. Yeah, it makes nuts. Uh, there there's, was another line you wrote down. There was another down. line, yeah. yeah. The, uh, I wrote down lines, and I love that Liev Schreiber... When he's like trying to, he's like trying to tell a story about Henry, meeting Henry Kissinger, mm-hmm. and he's like, he's like, I can't remember who I was there with. When you're confused, your past is blurred. It's such a good line. It's <laughs> like, a good line. He's kind of great. He's kind of. I know, and he's yeah. also like weirdly stunning. <laughs> like yeah. he, he, he looks really good in drag. Like, I mean, it, it, he's it fits, always good looking. Like, yeah. Like, yes, you're right. He, yeah, maybe that's why they cast him. Like that, he actually just had the look so down. Like, it when is. They, yeah, when yeah. They did the costume. His like, only credit before this was a TV movie that aired. The week this came out. Yeah. This is his first film role of any size. Right. And it's putting so much on him. Yeah. And yeah. the he trickiest been, character. He had been like a weird feet guy. You yeah. Know? He was like, he's like a, a, a Hampshire person. guy. An you know, like his actor. parents were hippies. Yeah. Mm. He went to Hampshire College and he went to Yale Drama. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. Right. I think this movie is like, I think what I liked about it so much as a kid is that it just has such a strong feeling. Like it, it is says it's like it doesn't work for the majority of the movie it's kind of annoying at times mm-hmm. and like there's a lot of like needlessness all the time but the vibe like just rewatching i was like there is like a weird magic like auteur magic in this Agreed. movie that well, like it, it I'm, being in california like, yeah. it just immediately sets up a vibe and the visual yeah. juxtaposition between the christmas time and, and it like looking the five so seconds of songs that just keep like it's like literally say. a second of every song plays and it does like it trance you into like this christmas place and that they'll rework like instrumental versions of christmas standards yes. yeah. with different like audio elements to reflect what's going on in the scene yeah so there's the one that's done all in barks when they're going to the vet's yes. office yeah like like the score isn't one musical style. It's standards done in different styles yeah. reflecting where they are in the yeah, plot. Just O Tannenbaum. Right. She just sings O Tannenbaum on the tree. It's right. just those words. Right, like because that. his name's Tannenbaum. Yes, and yeah. then like a second later, like Mr. Tannenbaum. It's like, right. what? Oh my There's God. a confidence to it. And yeah. she does have that, whatever it is, that like, like pixie dust. Yeah. Yeah. She does have that sort of this, just like technical skill. Say, yeah. She's only made two LA movies and the other one is Bewitched. It's not a good zone mm. for her. She does not seem to like LA. Wow, no, bewitched. she's in up West wow. Side Lake. Are you guys going to do Bewitched? We're, We're doing, doing them all. Yeah. Oh, them We're doing all. them all. Okay. We're doing I them all. I want to hear that. Here's, I it, forgot all about it. It's so <laughs> insane. I mean, it is It is the, the movie that is like most resistant to following Occam's Razor I have ever seen. <laughs> right, right, right. It is going so far out of its way to come up with the most complicated conceivable angle right. for mm-hmm. every single scene. But that's that we'll talk about it. But right. They're like, we should revive Bewitch. And everyone's like, don't do that. Yeah. Right. Like, not needed. And they're like, right. okay, but what if it's so it's fucking complicated, this convoluted high concept. It's actually, she's actually a witch, but they're doing a reboot of rewitch. Right. Bewitch. And people, no, no, we right. already said, no, <laughs> no we right. don't want any version. Right. Holy moly. That is what it's about. That's what it's about. <laughs> yeah, what if yeah. you did a revival of Bewitch and it was an LA studio, but, but then of course the she actually exists. is a witch. Right. Right. Yeah. And the reviving Bewitch, but the and actress it's actually a whole to... meta drama about the fact that Bewitched Bewitch replaced the lead actor in the middle of its right. run, and right. no one ever really talks about that. So fucking Which is sort of strange. what I can't wait yeah. to hear you guys talk about that. <laughs> so I saw the movie in theaters in and never again. And Colbert's in it. Uh, and Steve Carell's in it. Carell, yeah. Yeah, well, Carell plays the Carell. What's his name? Colbert. Fucking scats, man. <laughs> We're gonna do every fucking Daily Show person yeah. on this podcast um, in this miniseries. No, but, but that's kind of true. Uh, uh, Carell plays Paul Lind in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
He's like, well, I think kind of a perfect <laughs> impression. Yeah, it's a perfect impression. Holy shit! I got to see this. I'm yeah, excited. you're gonna see it. Yeah, you yeah. you, you are the, forced to see it. for this one. You actually didn't see it. And you just what looked at a bag of nuts. Yeah, I looked up nuts. Let me just mix some nuts. And I ate nuts. Um, <laughs> I do think just to uh, I want I want to get the thesis out. Yeah, sure. This take I have. Uh, uh, it is weird that they dyed Steve Martin's hair. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because everyone had accepted him as being a white-haired guy for so long. There's mm-hmm. no reason his character needs it. It's not like he's playing substantially younger. Mm-hmm. And you're like, it, it, uh, it. You wonder if it was because it doesn't feel like there's any. I think the creative. Only ex- I think mm-hmm. the creative thing is like this guy is kind of full of shit. That, sure. That's about as good as right. I can give you. It and is so. It's like, yeah, you all know Steve Martin has gray hair, so this guy's full of shit. He doesn't have, you know, he's dying his hair. Yeah. It is funny that I most leading know. men are like pressured into dying their hair because they will be seen as less sort of like uh, vital if they've yes. gone gray. Yeah. And Steve Martin in this one movie where he has needs dyed not hair. to be vital, right? Has <laughs> right. dyed hair, and the poster is a hat covering his it's hair entirely. So a hat he never wears he the entire wear in the movie. So I did and not they know. just put on his head, I think, to yeah. be like, FYI, this is a Christmas, Christmas. But it also yeah. feels right. like to be like people are having a negative reaction to him with brown hair. We're yeah. covering the hair up. The hair is not doing well in testing. Yeah, maybe right. that was it. Um, if you're going to cast a 90s A-list comedy guy in this movie, mm. someone at a, who, Steve who Martin adjacency, wow. sure. and I, I, on the record, are saying, I think it's probably better if you pick someone who can fall into the ensemble a little more. Right. But of the two guys, what this movie needs is more of a Bill Murray than a Steve Martin. That's true. Because mm. Bill Murray is innately sad enough That's true. that even when he's and being an asshole. A, yes. a dick. Yeah, right. right. He's perfect. Right. Because Steve Martin's a dick, but he's playing so high status mm-hmm. that you're like, in a movie about oddballs, it mm. just feels like he's bullying them. Right. Yeah, he's not right. I'm trying to think like, yeah, what if, like saying, Robin Williams would be too much. Like, right. Like, if you go he would have been too maudlin. Maybe. Tim Robbins? Yeah. He might be a little more the Steve. But though. no, but that's an example. He might be good. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. Yeah. He's a good actor, especially this time. And in yeah. like nineties comedy mode, yeah. It yeah. should probably be someone like that who is like a leading man, but is not such an established comedy brand that the movie has to play with the expectations yeah. of being a Steve Martin movie. Right. If it's going to be someone's movie like that, this is more parallel to what Murray's doing in Groundhog Day. Right. And right, he right. could pull that off. Yeah. 100%. It's there's moments where you're watching his performance and he's like his eyes are landing on things too intently. Yes. Because he doesn't know what else to be doing. Yes. He's just like playing it so straight right. that it's just like his like he's his gaze is like deliberate because he's just like what else, what am I supposed to be looking at like right now he's doing like Gary Marshall dog reaction shots where he's <laughs> yeah. like the joke is me going like yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. yeah yeah there's something which yeah. is a problem in the Chris scene yes yeah big problem yeah. it's also the the, the, the father scene. of the brightness yeah. of it too is kind of unsettling like it, there's a feeling of him being that character in this yeah. and like that character feels so enabling of bad sure. bad american and, and things you yes. know i don't know it's just like what is your sad like whatever that big chill like we're all like in our 30s and that's something to be sad about thing right. was is like such white yeah ignorance. It's, it's, like, the, it's the boomer thing yeah. yeah um do you think they cast him in father of the bride because they're like like spencer tracy you're wearing that gray hair 
great baby you know like I think that's part that was of part it. of it it's just like you look older than you are and it's working like and you're a he good was becoming a comedy grouch in the spencer tracy man. way exactly he was the yeah. kind of grouch where somehow he wasn't off-putting mm-hmm. and then this movie is like a rare example mm-hmm. even with the films that are not good that he's in this is one of the few ones where i'm like this guy's an asshole i don't want to watch him right yeah yeah but everyone else in the cast kind of does a really good you're job. right in general that there's that 90s energy to so many of those comedies which is the sort of the appealing to the boomers who are yeah. now in their 30s of like Jesus, is this all there is? Like, all I have is my beautiful family and my, and my job car. and my money. Well, and that's like bringing down the house <laughs> is the worst example of I'm that. Angry. It's like why? <laughs> bringing down the house is that malaise tied to racism. Yeah, well, or but then or in Father, but in all these movies, yeah. there will be the the yes. There's a black character. There's a gay character, yeah. Yeah. and they're there to be like. I'm here to offer the perspective of an outsider, yeah, you know, yeah, and yeah. it's sort of like, oh, great. Like, and then it and cuts him and he goes like, I'm thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. See with <laughs> teeth. Uh, do you know that Rosie Perez was supposed to play the Juliette Lewis role? Uh, she'd be great. And I did she not recognize the name, but it was an actor of color who's supposed to play the Apollo role. That'd be good. And I don't know little, what uh, happened. Diversity. There is also the worst written IMDb trivia fact I have ever seen for this film. It is very quick. Let me just read it very quickly for you because uh, it is just. I mean, Rosie Perez would just be perfect because she yeah. is so, you know, she's got such good chaos energy. Like, yeah, definitely. Any, yeah. She would have supporting roles in that things. era. Although I think Juliette Lewis, Juliette Lewis did is good. exactly yeah. what she needed to do. Right. And she movie. also was one of those actresses who especially in the 90s when she shows up you're like oh yeah, you know, yeah like, totally, this totally. person isn't gonna be calm like she was always uh, she brought crazy. fragileness that i think yes. rosie might not have rosie would have been like Rosie's anthony a, a tough lady. Yeah, like, yeah they would have been both but that would have uh, rosie would have fit the movie well kadeem yeah. hardison okay I don't know. that's who was supposed to play apparently the felix role uh, uh here's the worst there. written trivia uh, fact i've ever seen needed he's on he was from a different world he's okay. playing on a different world yeah um that makes sense like especially of like we're all different 100 percent. but just like what he like what's his character he's a tough guy like he I, just I mean, doesn't this make is sense such and yeah. i don't mean this it, it's gonna don't it is kind of a criticism it's this particular kind of thing that only works in like fucking french farts stuff and when they right. ever totally. they remake it and put it in here we're like what is this yeah. where it's like why is this guy swallowing the dog tranquilizers totally there was no right, reason right. for him to get off the table yeah. there was no justification whatsoever i know we didn't even need to be watching him right <laughs> like, he just keeps was on, like, where are we watching him in the hospital he right keeps now? on doing shit without any internal logic just yeah. to create more conflict yeah uh, as if he is a baby, right, you know, right. as if he is like a wild animal. Yeah. Um, this is the the wording. Uh, Chris Farley accepted the role of Chris, but turned it down. Wow. <laughs> no Weird. backup sources on that. But yeah. also uh, the first half of that sentence negates the second half That's of true. that sentence. Yeah, and yeah, vice yeah. versa. Yeah, yeah. So just that would have been so weird. We've covered much better with Liev, who yeah. like plays it like an actor rather than Farley, right. where it would have been the gap girl. We've covered right. all the elements yes. of this movie. Sure. I have only one question. Yeah. Is it funnier if they actually just murdered Shandling and his only crime was being annoying? Mm. Or is it funnier to have that button of like, he was the murderer that's been vaguely discussed throughout the movie, the seaside strangler. It is so weird. It because, is so unnecessary. Right. <laughs> well, the moment where Julia Lewis, this is another so French farce she, thing. She's yeah. like, you have to empty the gun. And so she just fires a revolver wildly into a door. In right. five different directions. Yes. She cut yeah, a couple yeah, in the yeah, ceiling, yeah, a couple at the yeah. door. And then the joke, then you hear a 
buzzing and Shanling was outside and he got you shot. You know, I dead. think it needs it. I think it needs it because it's in a, it's weird that this farce, it's a farce and that's the only setup payoff in the whole movie. Totally. Right. It's the only thing that comes full circle and makes you feel like this movie had a point. It's, it is so funny though that the cops are like, not only are you not guilty, <laughs> no, it's you're a, full a trial. hero <laughs> and you're going to get a reward. Yes. And yeah, they just like, look through right. his bag. They look through his bag and they go rope and then somebody like walkies another guy and they're like, congrats, it's confirmed. Like on the spot. It feels like Charlie <laughs> so passing crazy. the final test in Willy Wonka. Right. Where yeah. they're like faking her out and going like, you're sentenced to <laughs> being a hero. Yeah. But also, it's the energy of this movie. Like I just, as I said before, like when he has the gun, I'm like, yeah. no one's getting hurt. Yeah. Right. right. And then when someone gets hurt, I'm like, this what? doesn't matter. Right. Like, so, this is just going to turn also, out to not matter. Because you're like, right? they yeah. can't be this flippant about it. There <laughs> right. has to be right. some right. reason this right. is fine. Yeah. 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 But, uh, why does she get the money? Like, shouldn't they have all split the money? Why does she get $250,000 and gives $5,000 and that's the end of that well, story? And what a weird joke, too, where he goes like, you can give us that, that the money. That actually to made me laugh. Where he's it. like, we only need five grand. She's like, five grand. Uh, five grand. Right. All right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Shouldn't yeah. they have all split it? Like, that's the point of the movie, right? Yeah. Is that they're all in they it together at the it. end of the night. It's no, but, weird that like one random yeah, character, just because she has a baby, that, like, <laughs> right. she deserves the money more. I don't but know. It's also a thing where it's like, you know, her inner life is I want a better life for my child. Yeah. This guy might be kind of like a scumbag. Right. That baby will die when he right. holds it. This baby will die. And then the movie is like, no, the solution is money. if she's rich, everything's good. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's happy. Everything's perfect. Yeah. Very 90s. Yeah. It very, is very 90s. 90s. Can we play the box office? We can game? play the box office okay. game. Did this movie open outside of the top ten? Yes, twelve. Crazy. Uh, so this movie opened on Christmas, December twenty third, mm. technically nineteen ninety four. Okay. Um, and it opened at number twelve, and it made two million dollars. And wow. it, uh, in totality, no, gro- it oh, okay. total gross six. Yeah. Wow. Wait, how much was it made for? Twenty million dollars. So oh, it was a, it was a bomb, even though it wasn't that wow. expensive. Yeah, but big bomb. Um, so it just came out at Christmas. It's a Christmas movie, and audiences were like, "No, thank you. Absolutely Please not. Return to sender." Yeah, it's the only Christmas movie that doesn't get replayed. There's so many bad, <laughs> right. bad Christmas never movies. on TV. No yeah. obscure cable channel. There's has been so like, many we'll bad ones. That yeah. one. Nobody right. watches that do. So, yeah. number one at the box office is a huge comedy smash hit. Uh, in its second week, I had no idea this was a Christmas. Doubtfire. No. Mm. 94. 94. And it's, it's a comedy. It's a comedy. It's not one of it the dropped Home Alone's. 5%. It's, not it's not themed around Christmas at all. I don't. I guess it has. Does it have Christmas in it? I guess not it. Not really. Not really. No. Is it a family comedy? No. No. It's, it's like, like a. It's like a gross out comedy. Sort oh. of. Oh, Dumb and Dumber. Dumb and Dumber. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Huge Christmas hit. Yeah. Yeah, it's Aspen. Yeah, all right, snow. Right. There is, there's a yeah. yeah. of it. There's sweaters. Yeah, it's got powder, baby. Um, yeah, I've I've seen Dumb and Dumber. I was when I was a kid. I was the biggest Jim Carrey fan. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I was a kid. He was yeah. perfect for yeah. me. And that was the one I've only seen like twice for some reason. What? Yeah, that I was, was like my. I was more yeah, like an Ace Ventura mask yeah. liar liar kid for really? some reason. The mask yeah. is. Truly odd. The like mask it's is really, really disturbing. Really really strange. Yeah. yeah, it's like scary. Yeah, as a kid, it didn't scare me it at is all. Scary. But like, it is scary, and it's all, it's so zoot suity. It's just like, what's going on? Like, yeah, like so a Copacabana. Weird. What yeah. is this? Who's this for? Uh, Dumb and Dumber has the fairly magic. They had it three does. movies in a row where they yeah. just were in a perfect 
zone. Right. And then they never, ever get it back again. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> the early ones are silly. And then me, myself, and Irene is the is the crossover. Where they're yeah. like, he has a diagnosable disorder. And right. like, it's like, I don't think he <laughs> This isn't working yeah. anymore. <laughs> right. And then they're like, fine, fine. We're pivoting to shallow hell. And I'm like, no, right. you shouldn't have pivoted there. Can join That's twins. Like, yeah, right. right. They want to do this, like, have our cake and eat a two thing. Right. And I think they simultaneously become, like, meaner and more maudlin. Yeah. Like, shallow hell has, like, the burn wars. Because scene. I think it was part of them being mm. like, well, we need some of the maudlin stuff. Right. That's always worked for us it's like no you can't just like wedge it in there There is a crazy amount of restraint in the execution both as as directors and as an actor of the i'm sick and tired of being sick and tired scene in dumb and dumber which Mm. is the whole reason that movie works yeah where it's like these guys are just dumb in an abstract way yeah but also there's a scene we're putting in here that's like they have actual feelings they have wants and dreams and desires you can root for them Mm -hmm. uh and that movie's got some like pretty sophisticated visual comedy in it yeah Yeah. they used to be like pretty good visual stylists yeah, they they're it's a great movie. And then they just get sloppier and sloppier. But those first three are awesome. His, the last movie that Peter Farrelly directed was uh, the winner of Best Picture. Oh right, Oscars. I forgot. I'm sorry, Roma. I was wrong. <laughs> Roma. Wait, what? Roma. Roma. what? Green Wait. Oh right, I can't ever keep that in my head. Yeah, I know. That's why I just had to remind you. That Roma had one Best Picture, <laughs> uh, and in fact, Green Book beat it. <laughs> okay. Number two is number two at the box the office. Is actually growing in its seventh week. Wow. It's okay. another Christmas movie. More the classic, like we release it at Thanksgiving. The Santa Claus. Exactly. Yeah. Big mm. hit. Another movie I saw in theaters. Man, what a time for like this is like peak '90s studio comedy, and Mixed Nuts is just like. Getting also, suplexed outside right. of the top ten, and also like, but like, um, Jim Carrey, Tim Allen, yeah. like it's peak. Like mm-hmm. America just has right. a fucking smorgasbord of white guy comedy yeah. stars. And I know we've talked about this before, but it always bears repeating. Ninety four is Ace Ventura, The Mask, and Dumb yeah, and Dumber. He does all three all in, in the same right. crazy. It's like, year. It's like February, crazy. July, December. Right. His or astrological yes. chart is yeah. crazy, and it's the thing where like, <laughs> right, like Ace Ventura, he gets paid like. It's like 100 grand, 10 million, 20 million, or 5 it's, million. Dumb and Dumber million. is 10. The Mask is like one. Uh-huh. And Ace Ventura is like 200,000 or something. Wow. And it's his salary goes up within that year as each film gets bigger and bigger. Right. Wow. Yeah. Number, I can't wait for that to happen to me. Oh, you're going to fucking. That <laughs> 10. When you get that 10, Charles. That 10. Number three at the box office. Yeah. It's new this week. Okay. Completely wild that they released this film at Christmas. I saw it in theaters. It, it's pretty good. I mean, it <laughs> rules. Honestly, I was, it rules. I was so excited. Yeah. It was not well received. No. Well, was it a family it film? Bad. It's sort of a kid's film. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But it's an action movie. Yeah. It's a kid's action movie. But like, not like in a Three Ninjas way. Oh, like, it stars well, grown ups. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's grown ups doing well, like, kids I This is for 12 year old boys. Like, it's not, <laughs> yeah. it's not like this is a, it's just crazy that they thought like Christmas. That's the Christmas. time for that. It is weird. Like, the time for this movie is like February or it whatever. It stars you know? adults. It's for 12 year old boys. It stars a major comedy. action star. It's not time. Arnold. Nope. Think worse. It's not Stallone. Think worse. It's not a Van Damme. It, no, it mm. is. It is? What? It's a Van Damme, a Van Damme comedy? No, no it's oh, not a comedy. Oh, it is funny. It is funny. I don't know. Like, Which one would this be? It, it's like... 
It's like my kind of movie. Put it this way. <laughs> yeah. Jean-Claude Van Damme, who's uh, from the country of Belgium. Is a Street Fighter? Is playing yeah. in America. Oh, uh-huh. It's a Christmas release. Why did they release that at Christmas? I don't know. It is I mean, that's uh, infamously uh, a screenplay written in 18 hours, I think. <laughs> Steven <laughs> D'Souza, writer of uh-huh. Die Hard, is like, I wrote that in 18 hours. <laughs> and it's like, if, if you look and he's at like, it. And if you give me more coke, you could have yeah. done it in 12. <laughs> like, that was slow. Right. I think Dan Hernandez, when he was on the show, was the one who said it. Like, if you view it through the of an 18 hour <laughs> script it's pretty strong like it shows you how good, good the storytelling bones yeah. are in but Steven it's just D'Souza. so funny that they're like let's make a video game movie agreed agreed we should what about the one with no plot that's just guys yeah. who are ethnic stereotypes fight each other and they're like great okay so let's start casting first ethnic stereotype American let's get Van Damme <laughs> that's their first decision <laughs> oh god and then the other one's like we got this guy he's like a Thai dictator I'm yeah. feeling Raul Julia at yeah. the end of his life <laughs> He's dying seen, during that film. It. Yeah, he's he, really good in it. He's he, really like into it. He, he's really good in it. Yeah. And he's like dying during production. He's dead by the time the film comes out. Yeah. He said he felt too weak to do it. He's and, skinny. and his Sad. son saw the script on the table and they were like, Dad, we love Street Fighter. And he was like, I, I gotta do, do it this. for the boys. Wow. It's the wow. saddest, this scene where he gives this monologue where he's like, for you, when I visited your country, it was the greatest, when I visited your town, it was the greatest day of your entire life. He gives this long. He's like, and for me, it was a Tuesday. And it's so brilliant. He's so good. Even though the movie is dog shit. I think That's he's right. good, though. I so think good. he might have po- posthumously won the Saturn Award for Best Supporting Actor. That's possible. I mean, he's a legend. Um, yeah. But also, I think that's one of those movies where they were like, we have a $30 million budget. And then someone mm. at the studio was like, we can get Van Damme. He'll cost 15 And they were like, great. We have a $15 yeah, million. Dollar. It was like a, the happy birthday sign yes. joke from Bob Mulaney where they would do a big age. Right. They were like, this movie's going to be great. And then they hired Raul Julia. They're like, we don't have any money anymore. Like Wait, what are we going to do? 50% of the budget right? is those two actors, and right. everyone else in the movie is like a monster in a tech warehouse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't afford any of it. Yeah, the rest of the is like, call the WWE and see if anyone's like injured right now. <laughs> like, it just wants to so wear a jumpsuit. What's the cheapest colored fur we can buy? <laughs> just shot in a hospice. Uh, yeah. In number, four, <laughs> number four at the box office. Yes. Is just, it's the greatest kind of movie for Christmas, which is... All of these are either yeah. actually good Christmas movies right. or actually the worst Christmas like, movies. Well, Nothing in between. Christmas, who doesn't want to see a film about sexual power dynamics in the office and virtual Disclosure? reality? Disclosure? <laughs> oh, interesting. What the fuck is Christmas 94? Disclosure, yeah, which time. is like, <laughs> someone walks into a studio, Michael Crichton, yes. I guess, and is like... We all know about sexual harassment. Everyone's like, yeah. 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 It's like, but what if a man was harassed by a woman? And they're like, what? This thing, Christmas. Walk out Christmas. Big. Oh, boy. And that they have to use, like, a, a computer. Yeah. Have you seen Disclosure? No. There's, in, in the movie, the office has a virtual reality filing system. <laughs> and so you, like, put on goggles to, like, go into it. <laughs> so and annoying. so, but you you'll see. physically file digital files. There's, like, files. an avatar yeah. of, like, a person just sliding with like Demi Moore's face who's just like uh, 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 yeah it's the weirdest but the thing harassment the happens within it right they have to replay no the harassment is just her being like hey I want to fuck you I don't know yeah, I have seen that movie here it is oh my god I love it 
<laughs> the weirdest oh, you know what? I have se- I've seen this image and not known what it's from. <laughs> and like Dennis Miller is also in yeah. it. But he's just there to be like, Miss Demi Moore, she's a hot. You know, it's like- also very weird after like a decade run of um, uh, Michael Douglas killing it as the scummiest guy yeah, in the world right, to right. be like, now he's a victim. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. <laughs> you know, like all these movies, like Fatal Attraction, oh where it's like, root yeah. for this piece of shit. <laughs> you know, and then this one, it's like, he's only been done wrong. <laughs> he's a um, saint. Yeah, there's the, the poster. One of the, one of the most. Oh, wow. That's a good poster. <laughs> it is kind of an insane poster. It's, it's a, so it's a Barry Levinson insane. movie? Yeah, that's right. Jesus. Sex is power. Interesting. It's All a right. Barry Levinson, Michael Crichton, gender flipped, <laughs> sexual harassment, <laughs> office Chris place Christmas. drama. With VR. With VR. <laughs> that got released at Christmas. Yeah, Christmas release. Number yeah. five at the box office okay. is another film that I saw in theaters. It is a comedy. It is four children. It is starring a child. Is it a Mac? Is it? It's not Home Alone 2. Richie Rich. Bingo. And the funniest thing about it is that it was styled that like the C's were like little cents. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But that's really funny because like cents are not they're money. Nothing. <laughs> they're not that's worth true. Yeah. 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 This guy's got so many pennies. The only things I remember about no Richie Rich are yeah. is that his father has created some sort of Mount Rushmore of the family Correct. and there's a laser, right. Yeah. right? The movie ends like North by like Northwest where John Larroquette yeah. is... I remember all of that. Fun. And Me then too. he has a McDonald's in his house. It's yes. the number it's one detail that everyone remembers. Yes. That I remember, I will remember oh, the day I die. I mean, yes. Wait, he's this rich? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I know they told me this guy's got trillions, but he's got a fucking McDonald's. The staff is just there waiting for him to show up once a day. No, he's fucked up. Because he opens the doors. There are four registers. Yeah. Right. And there's they someone just, at each <laughs> register. They're just there all day. The best um, part of that movie is uh, the singing when they're like, "Well, you ain't. Well, we ain't got a barrel of money." Do you remember that? No, they're like, they have to like sing for their life at the end. Wow. The, the family. <laughs> it's really good. Like John Larroquette's gonna kill them, and they wow. all sing. Oh, remember, oh, oh, yes, I do remember Christine that. Now. At gunpoint, Chrissy Nebersol and Fred Armisen. <laughs> the best yeah. part. Here's some other movies. You had Little Women, the '94 uh-huh. Little Women. That's mm-hmm. opening this week. Christmas. You have a movie called Speechless with Michael Keaton and Gina Davis. It's about. Uh, political speech writers. There you go. It's okay. Uh, you've got the uh, Wesley Snipes um, U.S. Marshal drama Drop Zone, mm. which I have never seen. Uh, you've got Nell, yeah, Jodie Foster mm-hmm. speaking yeah. Babel language. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you got a little movie called Mixed Nuts opening up number 12. Wow. This might be one of the From best Tri-Star. box office games we've ever played. These are good ones. This is a weird, weird. Ten. Yeah. It's just always so weird because now it's like, what's coming out of Christmas? A couple family movies, a couple franchise movies, right. Yeah. you know, right? Like some cartoons. Yeah. Back then, it was, it, the, the choices that were made at Christmas right. are so <laughs> yeah. strange. Right, like disclosure, you're like, I guess we need a movie for childless adults. Yeah, I just gotta go right. to the theater then, and, then, and get so mad at Demi Moore. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Richie Riches, I guess Macaulay Culkin is the Will Smith of Christmas now. Right. Like he's right. killed yeah, it a yeah, couple yeah. times at Christmas. Yeah. You gotta release his movies then. Mm-hmm. Santa Claus has been off the longest. It's a Thanksgiving release right, that's right. just doing well. Mm-hmm. I mean Dumb uh, and Dumber makes no sense as a Christmas movie. Yeah. Mixed Nuts is like the worst Christmas movie. Yeah. <laughs> you also have Junior, which was a bomb. Right. But has only been Junior out for was a, a month. Bomb? Yeah. It really was. It was a flop. It was. It was in the video store like it had done well. It was. It was well, always because hanging it, out. That movie. It, it was so made much for fun. video. Right. Right. 
got a big tummy. Yeah. And Danny DeVito's right there to be like, Something it's a baby. Like yeah. he's listening. <laughs> right. to and the Arnold's tummy. also everything. like two for two with comedies at that point. Yeah. Two Reitman yeah. comedies that were huge. And right. they're like, here we go, closing out the trilogy. In this one, Arnold Schwarzenegger is a scientist and an everyman. <laughs> And people were like, okay, already the male pregnancy <laughs> thing is going to be a lot to handle. I, know, but I do love you this. You can't go like, look, I like, am just a henpick uh, scientist. It's so, my, my work-life balance is out of whack. My right. name is like John Laser. Because right. <laughs> the first two Reitman comedies are totally playing off the do fact that- Do you want to go get a salad? Right. <laughs> the first two Reitman Schwarzenegger are like, yeah, he's yeah, a big guy, yeah, he's weird, he sounds like a robot. Right. <laughs> and then Reitman's like, I'm telling you, I think this guy's got a light comedic touch. <laughs> <laughs> but in that one's high concept, it's like he's pregnant. Okay, right. Arnie's pregnant. He's a man. Man don't men don't get pregnant. Okay, yeah. mm-hmm. Jingle All the Way is like he's a dad who needs to buy an action figure. That's it. Yes, you know, that, that's where it really just does become yeah. like. He's a dad, you know? Yeah. It's tough to be a dad. But you're like, imagine, imagine that father. There's a pitch on <laughs> like, Junior. It's impossible. There's a pitch on Junior that is an Arnold Schwarzenegger type gets pregnant. He's the first man to get pregnant. Right, and but the, the movie does not acknowledge that he's an Arnold Schwarzenegger type is what you're no, saying. No, right, the right, movie right, right. is written as like Hugh Grant gets pregnant. Right, exactly, yeah. <laughs> and then they slot in Arnold Schwarzenegger and he's right. like, Emma Thompson, I'm very nervous <laughs> on our first date. <laughs> you're very much my type of woman. <laughs> Charles, thank you so much. Thank for you being guys. Out. Thank you so much. I love for, you guys so much. You don't have release dates that you can announce for No, yeah. but it is like all gonna come out. 2020. <laughs> one There's season. some 2020. There might be some longer than that in okay. there, but okay. there is some 2020. How many episodes do you have in the can now? 20? Yeah, 20. <sighs> 20, yeah, 20. crazy. 2020. 20 for 2020. For 2020. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, if we can, we'll add uh release dates on uh, the description. Um, if it's that would be great. Georgia. I think that that will probably make sense. And for... the first two seasons will live on HBO Max. Yes. Right. It's from, all launch. HBO Max. from launch and the third season will come out a little later. But this is a world where things change all the time. Yep. So who knows? Uh, it's a great series. I've said this before, but it is my favorite performance that I've ever given. Oh, and I agree. Is, it's a great uh, performance. Largely You're credit really of really amazing. Uh, in it that too. was a real gift. Uh, and I, I think I said you this really in Sarah Violet was on the show, but uh, you two are the only people in my entire life who said, oh, if this happens, we're going to write a part for you and did it. That's nice. Because like 10 people have probably at some point after either not hiring me or firing it, right, me or, or like, having worked on a previous we'll thing. We'll figure something that. out. I got something for you. Uh, yeah, yeah, but you the, shut the fuck up and go away. the two of you <laughs> did it and it was uh, such a good part. Oh, uh, yeah. And no, it was you so were, much fun to you're, do. You're amazing. You're amazing in it, seriously. Um, in everything, but it's only in this. No, that's the only one that matters. But it was, and and part of it is that the two of you are really kind people. That's nice. Uh, who run a really nice set and treat everyone with a lot of respect and Thank give you. everyone a lot of creative freedom. And it's uh, it's one of the best working experiences I ever had. That's nice. Thank you. Yeah, uh, you're a real mensch, Charles. With you two, one day so that everything is fine. Yeah, <laughs> in the future. Yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Sorry for being hungover. Sorry to you for being hung. It's, I apologize that you are hung It's been real rough. I'm yes. going to admit it. Yeah. Uh, you made it through. I made, you made it through. It through. I did. Yeah, it you was did good. good for me. I you didn't, you didn't yeah. even throw up. I've got some nasty sweats happening that nobody mm. knows about, though. You're a uh, bright green. <laughs> yeah. um, I, feel, I can feel it. But uh, have fun sleeping it off. Thank uh, you. One thing. Yeah. It's okay to be sad. Oh. It's okay. And if you're feeling depressed, mm. call and talk to somebody. That's true. They okay. won't treat you like the characters in this movie. That's exactly. True. And the number is 1-800-273-TALK. Is that true? Is that the talk space number? That's nice. No, it's the national... Oh, okay. 
prevention Quire. lifeline. For sure. Yes. Mm. Just wanted to throw There's that out there. There's an actual number you can actually call and no one will treat you like Steve Martin treats every character in this movie. Yes. They'll treat you with compassion and empathy. more likely to call if I got lifesavers on the line, to be honest. Madeline Kahn, Rita Wilson, 100%. <laughs> yeah. um, thank you for that uh, uh, post note, Ben. Yeah. Um, and thank you all for listening. And please remember to rate, review, subscribe. Thanks to Andrew Gooder for our social media, Lane Montgomery for our theme song, Pat Reynolds, Joe Bowen for our artwork. Tune in next week for... Uh, I think it's Michael? Uh, I, I don't know. I think it's the movie Michael. Oh, fun. John Travolta as an angel. Keep vamping, I'll find I'm out. Vamping, but I think that's the next week. That's a good one. Uh, follow us on social media at Blank Check Pod on Instagram and Twitter to keep up to date with the things that we're doing, some of which are hopefully happening by the time this episode comes out, but I can't name them directly because they are not locked and in yet. What's cool is Michael is, in fact, our next episode. Can I say the guest? Uh, let's not in case something goes wrong. Boom. But I think... An old favorite's coming back from That's my right. Car. We'll find out. We'll find out. Um, and uh, as always, uh, Santa Claus is a little stinker. That's the French title of the movie. Yeah. Which okay. is weird. That's very weird. Very weird. <laughs> <laughs>